You guys give me if I kill that bird. Barbara, that's a bald eagle. Get a wig, baldy! Yeah! Oh, well, good evening. Good evening and good evening. This is The Work with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. We are live here on GovsRadio.com tonight. Tonight is a great show. Thank you, everybody, for coming in and joining us on GovsRadio.com. We're also live on Facebook. Go to the Govs Radio Comedy Channel, something like that. Go over to YouTube, type in Govs Comedy Club Radio, and you'll find us live. You'll also find a lot of our shows backed up on all of our social media. Our links are in our Instagram, and you can find us in podcast form in the next coming days on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tonight, we are joined by some really awesome guys. Uh, Good thing we had a girl in the studio this past weekend, or two weekends ago, to uh, offset the dudeness. But before we begin, uh, really quick, we have some sponsors. Uh, Steve, let's take it away right with you because I need a drink after doing the intro. I uh, hear you, brother. All right. So uh, Rosie's Draft Solutions uh, is a Long Island family-owned business that provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings and maintenance, draft beer line system installs, event dispensing solutions, and more. Uh, they are very passionate about the craft beer scene here on Long Island, uh, making sure that the same quality that left the brewery is going to be in the draft systems. And the only way to do that is to keep those lines perfectly clean. Rosie services bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other beverage establishments, including home kegerator system installs and maintenance. Uh, some, of the, some of the breweries that they uh, take care of on the island W.A. Meadworks, Blue Point Brewing Company, Darling Brewing, who we just had on recently, 1940s Hop Winds, Marich's Field, and our buddies down over at Hopscotch. They keep those lines beautifully clean. Tight. Uh, you can uh, reach Rosie's at rosiesdraftsolutions at gmail.com, or you can give them a call, 631-219-2075, Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., Mention a what and get some special discounts. There you go, Steve. You've tightened up that promo. God so damn it. Boom. Tight. I love it. How to as you're going through it. And, of course, let Nick uh, let Nick know that the word sent you. Uh, we are also tonight sponsored by Brewbag. Brewbag for your beer pong cornhole game right there in your backyard when the weather is not 25 degrees below. You know what? Screw it. Just play with it in your basement. Who gives a shit? Okay. If you have a eight foot ceiling, that's all you really need to stand. And then you throw your brew bag. And it's beer pong cornhole uh, played outdoors, but played inside here in the winter months. Go to brewbag.com 
and order yours today. Follow our link on our Instagram over our link tree. And of course, receive a percentage off your order. Or you could type into the promo code WART, W-O-R-T, or we pronounce it WART. Uh, Peter, let's take it away with VintageBeerShirtClub.com. No one likes new beer shirts. Vintage ones are where it's at, obviously. <laughs> no one new ones. Who wants a fucking new? No, fucking no, no. They're, they're not worn. I mean, they're not like used from a, uh, a, a thrift shop. They're, they just have old vintage logos on them, Peter. Yes. I'm aware. New I'm aware. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you are never been worn before. Beer shirts. Yeah, yeah, there you go. No longer in existence. There you go. That's, that's a proper promo. Please go to vintagebeershirtclub.com. <laughs> and our promo code works. W-O-R-T. Uh, just kind of off your, your, first, uh, your first order there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No one looks cooler go. than a guy in a uh, vintage beer shirt. There you go. A little uh, buffalo great beer. Valentine's Day gift. If uh, looking for that special summer. Your husband or boyfriend. Vintage beer Or your side piece. Whatever. Or your yeah. side piece. Ooh. Got to have that Don't side. Don't your side piece on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Don't yes. forget them. They need Don't love too. your side piece on Valentine's Day. <laughs> because if you do, out. Then, then, you know. Then the side piece contacts the main piece, and, and then it's, it's then a whole no piece. It's a whole There's no piece. Tonight, we're also sponsored by Brewers Hardware. Sorry to follow that up with BrewersHardware.com. <laughs> Brewers Hardware for all your uh, brewery needs uh, for your small or large capacity brewery, uh, specializing in uh, tank, uh, I guess, what are they called? Adapters and um, uh, pieces. So go over to Brewers Hardware. Try lots of tri clamps over at Brewers Hardware. All the tri clamps. So get those today. Okay. Brewershardware.com and in the promo code type in WART, W-O-R-T for your discounted, um, I guess, purchase or order. Uh, a couple of honorable mentions. Big shout out to taphandles.com, of course, hopscotch.com. And then uh, our buddy over at Hartwell Woodshop and Patch, I'll give him a holla holla. Tell him the word, excuse me, the word send you. I'm, I'm burping a lot. I don't know why. I ate too fast for dinner tonight. Folks, tonight, we have a great show. I'm going to promise you that now that we're through the promos. First off, I want to introduce everyone to Ryan and Howard from 90 Second Beer Review here on the show tonight. What's up, boys? How you doing? Cheers. Thanks for having us. Also, I want to say hello to Keegan, hailing from upstate New York, Saratoga Springs for Whitman Brewing. Uh, voted one of the top 10 new breweries in New York. So say holla, holla, Keegan. Holla. Holla. All right. <laughs> Good to be here. Ah, nice. Thanks, guys, for joining us and spending your Monday night with us. Since there's no Monday night football, our ratings have fucking soared. It's amazing. And there's no Islanders game. There's no Knicks game on tonight. It's perfect. Um, guys, I want to get right to you, Ryan and Howard, because we just finished uh, shooting the Pints of Love special edition version of the Wurtz uh, last Sunday. And uh, not this past Sunday, not yesterday, but two Sundays ago. And uh, we had a great time. We're excited to show it off. Uh, lots of fun with Joe from WA Meadworks, but I'm interested in finding out how this Pints of Love festival began. I know I talked to, I think, Ryan uh, for a while um, about the uh, whole process and what was going on. I, I want to bring that to the audience because our goal is to get people involved and educated and, of course, uh, entertained throughout the Valentine's Day weekend. Who wants to kick it off? Who wants to start it up? Uh, I'll take the start. So, um I'll start off by saying I don't think anybody goes out saying I'm going to I'm going to kick it off with a Valentine's Day virtual beer festival. So, you know, I think obviously that's something that came about through the pandemic. Um, 
we were approached by our platform lemonade social for the event and it was something that kind of got in our heads and we said okay well if we're going to do this we want to make sure we're doing it right we want to make sure that we line up a bunch of good breweries a bunch of good content so we started planning and saying okay well what would be a good time that's far enough out and we kind of looked at the calendar and just said okay valentine's day is you know it's a nice event theme it's going to be a time where obviously with the way things are going right now people are going to be locked up. They're not going to be able to do their normal routine on Valentine's day. How can we give somebody something uh, that's going to be an experience that they can have from home. And at the same time, it's typically a pretty quiet period for breweries. So you're going in and you know, it's something that breweries normally come in right off of dry January, which kind of hits them a little bit. You're into February. People are still running with their new year's resolutions. And well, particularly this year, with COVID, you know, it's going to be, pretty rough for breweries because you know you don't have the in especially in like new york city for example right you're not going to have that uh tap room experience the way you normally would everybody had shifted to outdoor but it's going to be the middle of february so that's going to be cold so you know this was an idea for us to try to get a little bit more notoriety to the breweries make sure that we were getting people out get them some uh some extra beer sales get some more uh attention on the breweries and just generally uh get people uh, to know the people behind the beers that they love so much. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and again, at, at its core, I mean, for us, it was really just about trying to provide value. So like, you know, for us, the the two things that we wanted to do, one is good content. The other is we wanted to have an option where people could actually get some beer uh, into their house, really enjoy Valentine's Day. Uh, and so, you know, being what it is in the United States with being able to retail alcohol, we knew we had to bring in some partners for that. Uh, that's where uh, Mark over at Hopscotch uh, came in up in New York. Uh, and then we also brought in uh, the Glass Jug Beer Lab down here in Durham, which is both a bottle shop and a brewery. Um, and Chris from Glass Jug, Mark from Hopscotch have been fantastic partners throughout this whole thing. Uh, this event would not be going on without them. Uh, and we just started reaching out. And honestly, there was a lot of interest from these breweries to be a part of this event, to get back out in front of craft beer fans because they aren't really able to entertain them in the tap rooms. And so... We've got 24 breweries signed on for the festival, 12 in New York, 12 in North Carolina. Um, it's a pretty wide range, but, you know, a lot of names that, uh, you know, craft beer friends probably know, you know, Other Half, Burial, Equilibrium, KCBC, New Anthem Beer Project. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of great names, a lot of really high quality beer. Um, and, you know, we tried to make this as easily and accept, as accessible as possible. So uh, if you go to our website, 92ndbeerview.com, there's a Pints of Love Festival part of the, the website. Uh, the tickets for the event are just 15 bucks and that gets you all the content for the two days of the festival, both when it airs live and for three months on demand afterwards. And there's going to cool. be multiple sessions, uh, in some cases, three sessions going on at the same time because we had so much content recorded for this. Um, so even if you're busy that weekend, uh, you'll be able to go back, watch all the content on your own time. Uh, and then if you want to, uh, you know, kick up the experience uh, beyond that, after you buy your ticket and you're in the event, uh, you can go and buy a VIP pack. Uh, so we have a New York VIP pack for a uh, hundred bucks and a North Carolina one for 90 bucks. And you get a 12 pack of beer, one beer from each of the 12 breweries participating in your state. Uh, you, you get an assorted box of chocolates because it's Valentine's day and everybody Yay. should uh, enjoy some chocolates. Sure. Uh, a little bit of love. <laughs> yep. For those of you that are watching on video, you also get a custom uh, Belgian tulip glass with the, uh, nice. the pints of love logo on there. And then on the other side, you got the, uh, the 90 second beer review. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's just going to be a really kind of fun way to uh, get some good beer at home. It's going to be a variety of styles, a lot of like, you know, limited releases, seasonals, things like that. Um, and uh, we're just we're just really looking forward to it. I mean, we've been putting together a lot of the content over the last couple of weeks and, you know, getting to sit down with the head brewers, founders, co-owners, 
um, of a lot of these breweries and you know either just get to know them or talk about specific beer topics um, has been you know I think for Ryan and I a real blast and I think that craft beer fans will really enjoy it because it's a it's a pretty interesting but very approachable uh, set of sessions where you know you don't need to know all of the intense beer jargon to uh, to get into it um, but you'll learn a lot and you'll have some fun while you're at it. This seems like a, a huge undertaking uh, for yes. what you guys are putting together between the communication between the breweries, between the, uh, I guess, drop-off points and pickup points, between the, all the content that needs to be, you know, run through and, and filtered down and, and put into, uh, so, le, so Lemonade Social or Social Lemonade? Lemonade Social. Social. Lemonade Social. It sounds better that way anyway. Uh, <laughs> Social just Lemonade guys. sounds a little covid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little germy. It's fine, though. You know, no one backwashes. We're good. Uh, but, yeah, they have, uh, you know, a, a tremendous amount of stuff to, to undertake. So give us a little uh, insight into how the, the platform is going to work. So, I mean, you obviously go into this website. Once you have your ticket, you'll have your entry. Now you have channels to choose from as it's going on throughout the weekend. And what's the time frame for the weekends? Like Saturday and Sunday is starting at 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one o'clock. What's, what's that all looking like? Howard, it's uh, you caught me off guard there. What is it? One to nine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're running, we're running Saturday. It's going to be one to nine. Uh, Sunday, it's going to be one to eight. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, so basically we're having everything run on the hours uh, starting okay. at one o'clock. Um, and every time slot, with the exception of the final one of the festival, is going to have at least two sessions going at once. Okay. Uh, and there are going to be a couple that they're going to have uh, three different things running at once. There you go. Yep. So and the cool it, thing you know, is that big advantage to have that on-demand access for a win. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. And you can watch yeah, it live, right? You can watch it like as it goes, or you know, you have on-demand, right? So if there's certain sessions that line up exactly when you want to watch another one. You have the on-demand option. You can just keep it running and, you know, watch it for as long as you want. And if you really like it, you can watch it for up to three months later. There you go. And I'm, I'm going to continue calling it Social Lemonade because it sounds delicious. <laughs> um, so, I mean, once you get in there, obviously the on-demand content, everything runs through their site. Do they have some sort of, um, I guess, Roku or uh, iOS TV or something like that running as well, an app that people can use through their television to watch it throughout the day? So they do have an app. You can access the app on your phone uh, or tablet or something like that. And then I guess you could probably do screen sharing. Yeah. I was going to say you could just you know, share it up to the TV. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, and, and I would assume because of all of the content, it's all being recorded beforehand and all that has to be brought in. So that's a tremendous undertaking for them. For you guys, uh, have you been viewing some of the content? What can you say about it so far? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we've been, uh, it's been a lot of content. So I think that was the thing that kind of, as we're going through and we're doing everything, you kind of start off going, it's a virtual festival. How hard could it be? And all of a sudden you get into it, you're like, okay, it's literally as hard as a real festival. It's <laughs> yeah. So, like, so um, yeah, I think it's one of those things that one day we kind of looked at each other and we're like, what did we get ourselves into? This is, uh, this is probably more than we really wanted to bite off, but uh, it's been really awesome. I think the brewers, you know, the content that we've been getting has been really fun. It's been uh I just recorded one today actually with uh dan from artisanal brew works nice and love uh, dan. we were sitting there gotta love dan because every other session was like 15 to 20 minutes yeah. dan and i just went 50 minutes and we're sitting there <laughs> going like we, we literally just like tripled like other sessions how that happened so so ryan ryan texted me and i thought he must have done something wrong because we've got we have all like the, the larger format panels you know things like you know discussions on barrel aged beer brewing with adjunct ingredients things like that but then we also decided to do a series of what we're calling get to know a brewer Q and a. And so it's a, it's a set list of questions. 
Um, and we've sat down with brewers from probably 12 or 13 breweries at this point that are, that are participating in the festival. And it was supposed to be 10 to 20 minutes, kind of some, some short answers, some funny stories, run through the questions. And I don't know that any of them have gone north of 20 minutes. And then Ryan drops a 50 minute recording on us today. So <laughs> we're having fun, man. We're just having fun. So just, we just kept it going. I don't even think I got through all my questions. We had like a dozen questions. I think I got through like six. Dan was answering questions that I didn't even ask yet. And I'm sitting there going like, how's he doing this? Like, Does he, he have the questions ahead of time? Yeah. I, I will say we also have uh, we have the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast, which is a great podcast down here that focuses on all things uh, in the food and beverage industry in North Carolina. Did um, kind of a big panel discussion with five breweries, uh, and so they had Torch and Crown and Artisanal from up in New York. Uh, they had three breweries from North Carolina, um, and even with you know eight or nine people on there, uh, Dan got in a ton of a ton of really good commentary. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say there's one line in there that just totally took me off guard today and I was in there and he was telling this story and I, I won't ruin it for anybody that wants to watch it during the festival but I was literally sitting there going yeah well I, I told you no handcuffs huh so uh you 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 went for it that was a that was a full send so all right <laughs> like, yeah dancing off the rails kind of guy we, we loved having him on and we could probably if we had him in studio I mean Steve and Pete would say we'd be there for four hours no oh, easily easily he has way too much to talk about and that's it's not necessarily a bad thing yeah. um i mean you guys like i said have a, a lot of stuff to go through and a lot of stuff to do i would imagine like you said it, it was a lot of uh pre-planning but the the weekend of i'm assuming you guys are gonna be just sitting back and watching and checking out the content and see how it all interacts and how people's experience went and getting feedback uh what is the experience so far what do you plan on doing for the future is this something you'd probably take to the next level and do an in-person festival for oh that's a that's a to be determined i think uh we'll have to see how it goes this year and figure it out from there um you know i think it's one of those things that see how it works out you know as far as what you said hopefully we're hopefully we are sitting back and relaxing you know i don't want to be uh dealing with any issues they have website crashed um, <laughs> yeah i'm knocking on wood this is what i don't say that shit don't say that. Hey, and if anything on that front happens, Lemonade Social's got a 24-7 support team. So they'll they'll take care of that oh, for us. Nice. But uh, we do actually have a couple sessions that are going to be recording live the weekend of. Uh, we kept that to a minimum because we really wanted to avoid a lot of the tech and the sound issues. And we want to make sure that people get the content that they want to see and that they paid for. And so um, we are going to have uh, the guys from Taproom Sports doing a live uh, NFL draft preview show. Oh, that's cool. Uh, during the event, they're bringing on uh, a draft expert from Draft Utopia to do that. We're having um, uh, the new, the North Carolina beer and chocolate pairing session is going to happen live. I saw um, that. That's cool. So there's going to be a, a couple of different live ones. But yeah, to Ryan's point, I, I hope that for most of that weekend, uh, we're just sitting back and enjoying a couple of beers from the VIP pack. And uh, <laughs> I actually brought something special today. So we have not announced any of the beers that are going to be in any of the VIP pack. Ah. And uh, we're going to give you one today. So this Ooh. is um, on cassette. It's a hazy double IPA from New Anthem Beer Project in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, so for those of you that, that don't know New Anthem Beer Project, uh, they're a little bit newer to the scene, but uh, very highly regarded for their hazy IPA. They've had a couple of beers make... Uh, craft beer and brewing kind of top 20 of the year. Um, it's a really awesome kind of, you know, mosaic, Citra, Amarillo, Eldorado, uh, hopped uh, hazy double IPA. And so uh, that is officially the first beer for one of the VIP packs that we've actually announced publicly. Nice. Cool. I like the yeah. can art. Yeah. Just the red, just red wrap. They have very definitive kind of like differentiated branding. So a lot of their cans are single color with just their logo and a quick description of 
the beer in which hops were used hmm. uh, because now, a big a big chunk of what they produce is, is hazy ipa right now yeah now for the festival itself it's 15 dollars just for the festival and vip pack 90 for uh, north carolina and 100 for new york do you have to get the festival you have to buy that and then the vip Absolutely. You do, yeah. So okay, you need yeah. to essentially picture it like a real festival. You need to get in the door first before you can buy something. Cool. Um, so that's the way it works. And those two have to be differentiated because of laws, you know. Right. So uh, Lemonade Social doesn't have their a license to sell beer. So <laughs> beer distribution Social Lemonade now, yeah. or Social Lemonade, if you want to call it that. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's where you kind of go in, you buy your ticket. And then as a separate uh, purchase, you would have the beer packs that flow through Glass Jug or Hopscotch. And, and I would also say more practically. So, you know, when you think about the, the, the ticket cost and the ticket revenue itself, um, you know, 90 second review, it's, it's just Ryan and I, this is a first time festival, but we wanted to find a way to uh, give something back to the content providers and the musicians and, and that, that are being part of this festival. So we're literally giving each of them a percentage of the ticket revenues. So the bigger the event gets, the more tickets that get purchased, the more money that they make on their, uh, their sessions that they're providing for the festival. So um that was kind of our way of, of trying to do something to to give something back to them. Um, so, you know, it's for everybody out there that wants to get involved. Um, even if you don't want to go down the road of the VIP pack, definitely pick up a ticket and come enjoy some of the content. You could even chalk it up to being a donation to, you know, people, performers, live event, people that are, are struggling in this time that don't have an yeah. avenue or an outlet to display their creativity. And, and this is a great way to do that. Plus, you're going to get something in return. You're going to get a little entertainment. I saw a bunch of uh, music um announcements uh tell us a little bit about what the music end of this is yeah yeah, so we, yeah so we've got a, a kind of variety in there so um we've got a couple of dj sets um we just announced uh yesterday uh chris conde is a san antonio texas based rapper um so he's going to be performing um and he's got a really cool um story he's really uh, involved in the lgbtq community um down in texas and a lot of his songs um talk about his experiences um and then uh, we've got uh, a North Carolina-based string band called Into the Fog um, that does uh, a lot of performances in and around this area. They always pull a really great crowd. It's kind of a cross-genre uh, string band. Um, and so those are going to be some of the main music acts. We actually, from what our initial plans were, actually pulled back some of the music because we had so much beer content that we yeah. wanted to make sure that, uh, <laughs> that we didn't overwhelm people with like four sessions going on at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so we're basically going to have you know, the early parts of the day, you're going to have mostly beer content. Um, we do have um, the girls from Bar and Beer Inc. doing um, a beer and bar class one day and then a beer and oh, yoga yes. class another day. So kind of earlier in the day each day, you can kind of get off uh, out of your chair and um, get moving a little bit. And then stretch it out, Pete. Yeah, you stretch your shit out. <laughs> Not for Steve. <laughs> Pete's got to get that, that downward facing dog going to get that neck all loosened up. Absolutely. And then, and then later in the day, you'll get your beer and chocolate pairings, and then you'll get uh, a little bit more beer content plus some music uh, to kind of wrap up your day each day. That's awesome. What are, what are the uh, chocolates that are, uh, that come in the, uh, the VIP pack? Is it Hershey's Kisses? Of course you, kisses? Get of course you fat <laughs> Hershey's with almonds. <laughs> so we, we actually have some pretty cool chocolates. So they're hand-selected uh, boxes. So up here in New York, it's from Sayville Chocolatier. Ah. Um, so huge thanks to them. They've been really awesome. And I know where they out. are. I've had some of their stuff before. Delicious. Yeah, well, that, there's an endorsement if I've ever heard one. Yeah, so, I mean, it's chocolate then, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong with a little dark, little strawberry, little anything in there, a little jelly ring. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're going to run with some handcrafted beers, you might as well go with some handcrafted chocolates, right? Damn so right. I would imagine that pairing is going to be a lot of porters and stouts. And Actually, no. 
You'd be surprised. Crispy yeah, boys, crispy boys, and crispy boys and chocolates. <laughs> Actually, we have IPAs in there. We have some uh, yeah. couple IPAs, and we have a uh, a stout. So okay, yep. yeah, it's taking you off guard. We're not going uh, right down the you know, right down the middle there. And in North Carolina, I think we're actually going to take a little bit further. I think we're going to do some fruited sours with, uh, with some chocolate. Ah, yeah, that makes that some sense. Do a, a little bit of citrus with kind of the, the richer chocolates. And um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and so North Carolina, we're doing the same thing. So Ryan and I both really wanted to try to keep as much of the stuff going into the packs local as possible. So uh, down here, we're using uh, Azure Lease chocolate, uh, which mm-hmm. is based over in Raleigh. Uh, and Reginald over there has been a, a chocolatier for a long time. He has his own small business. He's, he's a one-man show. Um, and uh, he's putting together a, a custom, you know, nine piece box of chocolates for the VIP packs with the pairings in mind. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Mm. Pete, you in? Yeah. Chocolate. Are we talking truffles or uh, <laughs> what, what kind of truffles? <laughs> are, we are we talking truffles? Wide variety. We got truffles. We, go. we got jellies. We got, we got everything. Mm. So. Oh, now I'm starving. I need a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got other questions, not beer related uh, to you, Howard, because uh, I'm a big Duke fan and we're going to talk North Carolina and some sports oh in a little bit. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Um, because I know you said Wilmington. I'm like, Wilmington. Well, I'm in Durham, so I'm about, I'm about oh. 10 minutes from Duke's campus. Dude, uh. just throw, throw a stone at Coach <laughs> Che and tell him to stop being f- freaking 500 this year. What the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> COVID really screwed up my life. See, the problem is, though, so when I, I moved down here about four years ago, but I've had family in Chapel Hill my whole life. Ah. Uh, so I, I'm actually a, a Tar Heels fan, um, much to the dismay of one of my coworkers down here that uh, is a born and raised Duke fan. I think her family was literally like boosters for the Duke program. And she had like Christian Leitner hanging out in her living room. Um, <laughs> you walk in, you're like, shit, I can't be here. Damn it. Yeah. I got to go. Now, I the wrong way to blue today. Like, this <laughs> is just awful. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to crush your sports talk. Uh, no, we'll get uh, to that later. Mikey. Yeah. But more importantly, because mm. uh, I know a lot of people have asked me uh, this question. Mm. So the pickup for the beer, mm-hmm. if mm. they get the VIP pack, it's through Hopscotch on Long Island? So it's through Hopscotch. It's through North Fork Brewing. It's through Innerboro. It's through Torch and Crown or Equilibrium. Oh, cool. so you got so, spread out all over the place. We got spread out. We tried to make good. it easy for everybody to yeah. get their beer. And uh, yeah, so you figure like East End, Suffolk, uh, you have Queens slash Brooklyn, uh, you have Manhattan, and then you kind of have, I don't want to call it upstate. That's a very Long Island thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know, know, like, I know. it's not really, it's really downstate. Compared to where Keegan non-five is. Non-five boroughs, non-five yeah. boroughs, but uh, north of the city. So He's yeah. like, that's, yeah. that's downstate. That's like New York City. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That equilibrium shit. Get those are, those are like fighting words. If you say like call it upstate <laughs> to somebody that's actually upstate, they're like, what are you talking True about? True story. So, yeah. And, and Steve, to your question. So what, what we're basically doing is the, the sales of the VIP packs close on February 1st. Uh, we're going to take a couple of days to work with Mark at Hopscotch and Chris at Glass Chug to get everything packed, get it out to the right pickup locations. In North Carolina, we have three in three different metro areas down here. Um, and then you'll have about a week before the festival to go to your chosen pickup location um, and they'll have your your VIP pack waiting there. They'll check you off the list, uh, and they'll uh, they'll send you on your way with your box. So is that how's that distro working? I mean, Ryan, you're getting a car, driving to these breweries, bringing them to those spots, or or you guys? So luckily, Mark is handling virtually all of that. Fucking so, Mark, uh, yeah, of course Mark, he is. Right? He's like, he'll give me an excuse to get the equilibrium and pick up 17 cases yeah. <laughs> to sell them out of the bottle shop. <laughs> exactly, but it's true. He he'll use it. At, yeah, no, I can't blame him either. Does he really want to be in his home? No offense, Mark. Do you really want to be in your home with the screaming newborn? No, you don't, no. I, you want to be on the road with Ryan, like yes. living a boy's weekend, hanging out at breweries. 
I this guy. And by the way, the next time Ryan, um, sorry, uh, Mark asked for um, uh, what brewery should we go to next? It's going to be Whitman because I am thoroughly enjoying Flow State. Yes. And uh, you guys have cracked open the Belgian. Keegan, let's get to you for a little bit. Uh, let's nice talk a little bit about this. This is a uh, awesome brew. I want to get to how this was all put together. Let's first hear the story. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the show about, you know, kind of everything that's going on. You got a lot of plates spinning in the air. Give us a little history of uh, how you came to be the director of uh, the brewery and uh, or or the uh, squeegee, squeegee grunt. grunt. Thank you. Squeegee grunt. grunt. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, From squeegee grunt to director of, of operations uh, at the brewery. I know it's you know, we're we're barely out of year one. It's, you know, everyone wears like 20 different hats. So whatever it works. So I was actually brewing uh, as a head brewer uh, in uh, Connecticut in the Hartford area, which is originally where I'm from. Um, which and, brewery? Uh, Back East Brewery. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So I was there. Um, uh, we have one family who owns Whitman. Um, Crager family. They're awesome. They're actually also from the island. Don't ask me what town. I couldn't, couldn't it's something it. that starts with a wampum or it's an Indian yeah. name of some sort. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Everything here is an Indian name. Massapequa, Kinequat, all that good stuff. Vowels, consonants. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, they, they had kind of reached out, kind of described this project uh, up here in Saratoga that, you know, that they wanted to get going. They've you know, been living up in the area for a number of years, had originally kind of started coming up because of the horse racing, just fell in love with the town, the area, the people, and ultimately just moved on up. Um, and it was a really cool opportunity. And just, I've always kind of wanted to be able to kind of get in on a ground floor rather than kind of picking up where someone left off. So Tell everyone a little bit about the uh, the town. Saratoga is an interesting place. Um, I used to work for Naira. I would do uh, camera work for uh, Belmont and Aqueduct. And every summer I'd get invited to go up to Saratoga. And one year I, uh, I took advantage of that and did uh, about a week up there for the first part of the season. Um, interesting place. And, and, and very, uh, it's beautiful. It's upstate. It's, uh, it's, I want to say secluded because it's not any major metropolitan around, but in and of itself, it's a great town. Tell us a little about, you know, what Saratoga Springs was, was bringing to that, that area and, and what the town is like for the uh, craft beer community. Um, it's honestly a great hub. Um, you know, everything kind of, kind of comes, you know, east or west, depending where you're going out of Buffalo. Um, as you go north, you got a couple kind of great places that are kind of hidden out in like the Adirondacks, the Lake George area. And there's a continually growing scene that is, you know, popping up in that kind of Albany, Troy, that capital region area. Yeah. And at the center of it all is Saratoga, which, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the guys at Artisanal, you know, been here before us and, you know, they, they've been a great resource for us and just great guys. Um, so for us, it was kind of pretty easy to get going when all of that's in place. And as we all know, the craft beer community is amazing pretty much anywhere you go in the country. Um, so Saratoga itself is really cool. It's um, my favorite fact that I had first learned was 
per capita, it has the second most amount of bar licenses in the country behind New Orleans. <laughs> That's good trip. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. When you come Mike, to town, our, uh, your yeah. home, your town and my hometown were yep. uh, were on that list. They were in Lindenhurst, New York, uh, at one point had the most bars per capita in the village. And that has not that is not true to the day because a lot of businesses, not because of COVID in general, but overall businesses have closed and moved away. Um, but a lot of new restaurants are kind of popping up and that's good to see. Like some of the smaller bars close, but the bigger restaurants with the, the gastropub is opening up this summer and uh, there's another in-town place called Restoration that serves only craft beer. Um, so, you know, same thing. You know, a lot of the towns kind of are making that conversion to more of that. Uh, I don't want to say upper class, but that kind of different kind of uh, approach to how they serve their alcohol and, and what they have on tap. Have a lot of the restaurants by you uh, taken to craft beer and done those things within the town? Um, I would say the overall majority certainly have. Um I mean, you, there's there's no denying that that kind of that horse race season with you know the the mass influx is definitely it's crazy how many people flood to that town. Yeah, it's I I think they clear and it's like eight weeks. It's about a million give or, yeah. give or take. Actually, insane. Um, but again, you know, we kind of get a lot of the if you're kind of looking for a, a nice night out. Again, the you know people out of the Albany area come up. It's only about a 20, 30 minute drive. Um, and then as you kind of start getting into you know the adirondacks and you know a little bit more of the country it saratoga is kind of acts as like that bigger hub where if you want like whether a nice meal or come out for a night and kind of kind of bar hop and with again i was saying like the amount of bar licenses the restaurants everything it just you know it caters to everyone it has something for everyone it's really the only way you know everyone stays in business now now you guys are relatively new yeah, so we we just are coming up on closing out our thirteenth month um, open. So we we opened the right around New Year's of nineteen. So you know we, we managed to get a good couple weeks in before COVID hit. <laughs> oh man, yeah, certainly a uh, you know interesting first year is the word I'm going to go with. <laughs> well, you had all these plans obviously to to distribute, to have uh, contracts, to put stuff in kegs. How is that pivot to, you know, I guess, can distribution and stuff like that? Um, well, so our game plan was always um, that Saratoga kind of was always just even as a town, you know, a getaway, a destination. And that was something that they wanted to kind of carry over into the business. So, um, you know, we were always, uh, you know, our taproom focus first. And then if there's, you know, more to go around, then, you know, we'll, kind of hook our friends up um obviously with covid and indoor dining shutting down mm -hmm. reduced capacity everything else um you know we've expanded slightly where we'll send a couple specific brands as far down as you know albany the capital region um but you know the important thing i think for really you know any brew anything is you got to own your own backyard um, so it's not something where we wanted to just rush, push things out, uh, send it far and wide and just be like, well, the check cleared. Um, that's, <laughs> that's not what we're, it's not what we're about. Um, and especially when it's year one and we're really trying to establish ourselves, 
in the community as a brand to make an effort that that's not going to be you know people's first impression of us um right. we're on a 10 barrel system um and you know i'm fortunate enough to have nine fermenters um nice all all 10 barrels so so it kind of it's been a really really big advantage for us is um being able to do loggers and actually logger it for mm. three, four kind of thing um and just really let them go we have that tank space day one um that it's not just a kind of turn and burn you know we got a distributor truck coming or yep. you know that's the more weeks it's tied up that's less turns we're making less money um you know it's and that was a big honestly a big part of why i kind of signed on to this project where if we're not happy with it it's either going to get some more time in the tank clean itself up do what it needs to do or you know it goes down the drain and you know we try to learn from it and move on and now are, are these your recipes or um is yeah. there something else yeah so all, all of the recipes are mine um oh. we still managed even on a 10 barrel system which for not really having people in is a pretty decent size we managed to brew 44 different batches and most of which were uh one-offs this, wow. this year nice so kept me trust these do you think stuck which uh so if you did you know so many of those were one-offs what do you think uh gets gets a second brew um, recipes really worked it was How about flow state mm. Yeah, so that was actually our, our first time doing flow state. It's always nerve-wracking. We don't have a pilot system, so it is a, the, uh, yep. you know, commitment. Hope, hope you get it right, and then I stress about it for two weeks till I can actually start <laughs> tasting it, get a good night's sleep or two, and then it's, well, it's on to the next one. Um, the styles we've really seen people respond to are, are those loggers. Um, Okay. Mm. I, obviously, you know, the New England style IPAs, you know, are huge and they're, they're not going anywhere. Um, What's that? Tell me more. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> um, so, and then, um, you know, we do some kind of, um, some kind of, some light farmhouse things. Um, and then the rest is, you know, we kind of bounce around on the experimental side. Part of it is me. Um, you know, I, you know, brewer ADD, if you want to call it. I often describe my like brewing style as just dog chasing cars. Um, I get bored very, very easily. You know, you could park <laughs> me up on like, you know, like a, like an AB InBev brew deck and be like, okay, brew Bud Light. You could, you know, take me to, you know, Treehouse, park me up on the deck and be like, all right, go crank out New England's. I'm going to get equally bored in the same amount of time. <laughs> um, so, we, and we always want to have that, um, you know, that that kind of spread everything out on our draft board as well, where a little something for everyone. And we want to also kind of help educate the consumer that, you know, get you a little out of your comfort zone. Well, if you like this, you know, this is the next logical progression. Let's have you try this. If you like, you know, and just kind of keep expanding people's palates. Um, and then hopefully as we grow, build and, you know, continue to earn people's trust you know, we'll kind of continue taking some shots downfield. Um, you know, we, one of my favorite beers that we were able to do this year was we were actually able to, you know, Oak age, um, you know, a classic old school German lager. Nice. Um, was and, it Beechwood aged? 
uh, oak. Uh, just American oak. There you uh, go. Fuck that beechwood. Keep that at the ocean. <laughs> now, you can get beechwood malt. I mean, that doesn't really come with age. But, That's a good point. Um, but yeah, and then um, one of the things for uh, 2021 that, you know, we're really getting into that I'm most excited about is some of our uh, beer wine hybrids as well. You know, Ooh. the Finger Lakes, you know, kind of upstate, we got yep. a, a lot of, you know, great choices and, you know, we just really want to connect. We work a lot as well with um, our kitchen. We have a full kitchen um, as yeah, well. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and that allows <laughs> us to kind of tie in some... Uh, some really cool, um, you know, flavors that the kitchen's using into our beer, you know, kind of pre-plan with things with the menu that, you know, that now, kind of come out and sync. Now, yeah. now, describe to, you know, our, our audience, what is Walton Whitman, the brewery itself? Because you have a whole lot of other things going on besides doing some really great beer. You got a coffee house, you got a cafe, you guys got, I mean... I, I think got I a laundry mac next door. You got <laughs> all of a sudden you're making Chinese uh, food in the uh, the adjacent strip mall. I mean, what do you got? You got dumplings with brewed with the Whitman uh, IPA. I mean, it's it's don't, a don't it's, with dumplings. It's a great idea. Executive chef like go crazy for soup dumplings. So, uh, you know, you know, maybe it'll uh, test the waters on a uh, you know IPA soup food. dumplings. Oh, <laughs> like it. I'll try for that to be the dumbest thing I say today. Well, if you pair with pork and like a little scallion with a little ty- like a uh, spice to it, that actually might work out pretty well. For yeah, you know, pairing. spice it like a winter warmer. I mean, you got yeah. oysters, clouds, you can throw pork in the boil. Yeah, <laughs> just a whole, whole rump roast. Throw a hog in there. Just, just a live pig. Yeah, just I, drown I mean, the pig in the I might boil. Think of, uh, vacation days right before that uh, beer drops, but now, yeah. now, now you're sound like Yeppy over at Evil Twin. You're like throw start throwing like avocado <laughs> and fried chicken in there. <laughs> so some um, vegan sprouts. Let's get the sprouts in there. We're good. Yeah. Um, I will say it was you know a very nice with having that kitchen and having their food vendors. You know, especially we're talking winter. You know, kind of pastry stout season. I never realized how much cheaper kitchens and like food vendors can get but like vanilla pods than <laughs> meat brewers can through traditional methods. Fantastic. You know, it's like, and it's not even something where I'm like, Oh, well this can save money. It's I can use double. <laughs> like, <so laughs> restaurant, restaurant depot's a hell of a drug. Yeah. That's it, it's dangerous and I am hooked. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's, um, you know, full kitchen. We have a amazing um, executive chef, Brandon Shaco. Actually, you know, a quick shout out to him. He, a few years ago, won Best Young Chef in Detroit. Ooh. Um, brought over his Detroit style pizza. Mm. Um, it's like a Sicilian, right? It's a square Sicilian. Yeah. 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 It's most like Sicilian. Um, and I, I kind of prefer to it as like a cross between a Sicilian and uh, deep dish. Oh, okay. It has like that grandma look to it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, mm. you know, showing you what I know, I hadn't had it prior to him making it, and it was one of those things where I was like, "What's what's Detroit style? Is that just did, did you screw up making like a deep dish? Like that's oh, the <laughs> what'd you do then, to the pizza? Yeah, and then he just plopped one down in front of me. I ate it, and I was like, "Well, shit, I can't, I can't talk smack <laughs> anymore. This is awesome." Um. So, you know, he, he's been killing for us up, uh, and then upstairs we have 
the cafe. So upstairs, the, yeah, yeah, second floor to the room. Yeah, it's two floors. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so upstairs is the cafe. Um, so you He's know, got the Dave and Buster's of breweries over here. <laughs> Third floor is the uh, the brothel. Mm. Yeah. After uh, af- after hours, the uh, employee lounge. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Um, campaign room. <laughs> yeah, you got another special knock. Um, we got so it's coffee, like you know, you know, our in-house coffee. We actually do, um, you know, we have an amazing baker and staff. We do in-house uh, made uh, for trademark purposes. They're called Walt tarts. <laughs> we can't call them pop tarts. Like I think that's about it. Um, we, we make those, you know, breakfast. doesn't stop the breweries from making beers like that. <laughs> That's exactly the part that I had. I keep theft on the kitchen side too. <laughs> yeah. That's great. They probably leave you alone on that side. They're going after the brewers. You know, I like to think we're ahead of the curve in that. Front. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> exactly. Synergy. It's dangerous with all that, you know, good alcohol, good food. And, you know, we always try to kind of find ways to kind of cross over and kind of, intermingle and, and work these departments just because we're fortunate enough to have them where the reality is most most breweries don't get that or they, they certainly don't get that day one um so we try to you know capitalize uh make the most of it I'll actually quick shout out here um it's technically work. It's I had to crack a uh, a test bottle. You don't have to downplay it. it. You can just say I'm drinking on a Monday night. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> so, so it's actually um, we did a custom coffee roast as part of a uh, pastry stout we were oh. doing with um, Upper Pass out of Vermont. Um, you know, shout out to them. They're amazing. Love those guys. Um, Tim, their brewer is a stud. They can get um, such so, nice stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, so they actually, um, they own, and I always screw it up. I always want to call it like a rotisserie, which that's not what it is, like a roastery. So they they do their own um, coffee blending as well, plus our cafe. We, jo- we put those together. We put it in a beer where we took shredded coconut from the kitchen, toasted it in-house, um, you know, the, your classic chocolate vanilla, and then actually used a ton of blackstrap molasses. And- mm. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it is. It comes in 750, and this is my last glass. So, oh, uh, well, look, time to brew more. It is also 13.8%. And oh, not taste like anything. It is. This one's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, let's go back to the coffee really quick. So, you do some in house roasts. What, um, where are you getting your beans? Are they Colombian? Is they locally grown? Are they uh, Filipino? Oh, What's. From, um, you know, a, a variety of sources. So we kind of, uh, you know, hand select them. We kind of bounce around suppliers just, you know, some are, you know, we always try to keep the company we go through, you know, local and we just kind of work hand in hand in, with them to kind of just curate, you know, everything and keep everything, you know, tight, different, but making sure that, you know, the people who are kind of stopping in and before work every morning are, uh, still able to get what they enjoy which also we also serve beer so you can also buy beer <laughs> so once you have your coffee and you're that's woken up now you can go downstairs yeah, and down fall asleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's How smart you put the coffee upstairs and not the beer upstairs that was smart oh yeah um i don't i don't want to think what the uh the weight of a 10 barrel uh 
tank full would do on a second story floor or 13% uh, stout that people have to then walk back downstairs to get, to get where they need to go. I mean, if I, our owners have a good sense of humor. I would love to throw a log of this and switch it out from like the cold brew line and just see if people, <laughs> notice. Um, people pick up on it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't fly though. Um, <laughs> I'd enjoy it. Is, is that like an impractical jokers uh, scene? Right yeah, there? There you go. yeah. There you go. <laughs> We'll get myrrh to go on. And uh, what do you mean? It's coffee. I don't know. I taste I taste the coffee. I taste the coffee. I mean, Q would be uh, back there like swinging. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. What? How many taps in the in the tasting room you guys are pouring? Um, we generally try to keep it between uh, you know, eight and twelve uh, different, mm. different lines going. Um, all of it produced in-house. Um, so we, we don't really do guest taps. Um, we'll sometimes, um, we'll, we've talked about it with some kind of, um, upcoming collabs. We might bring in a couple kegs just to drop along with our collab, but you guys license farm brewers. Sorry. Are you a licensed farm brewer or micro? Uh, micro. So when we were first opening up and especially in the state of New York with all of those, you know, awesome incentives. We were looking really, really heavily at the farm brew license. Um, really kind of what steered us away from it was the New England style IPA. As these, as that percentage kind of goes of New York grown. Um, and that also is, are the farmers able to, to keep and scale up in that fashion, but that also then takes off, you know, the likes of, you know, Galaxy, Citra, Eldorado. Oh, yeah. Any yeah. Australian, New Zealand, South Africa, if you can kind of sneak it through or some of the more proprietary strains off the table. And, you know, with everything going on, we just, you know, we're, we're in a kind of an adult alcoholic playground. So we just, we just wanted to make sure we had um, as many avenues to yep. explore as oh, possible. Yeah. That was always my question with the farm brewing license. You know, there's it's a great incentive for for a brewery. Uh, you know, for it's getting you know a little tougher now. But are there those incentives there for farmers to produce those those grains and those hops that the breweries need? You know, and um, and that's the whole thing behind it. Um, yeah, they wanted to make it where the farmer now has an avenue to sell. Uh, you know, they tell them plant this many acres. You're going to sell it because this many breweries are going to have to buy it. Um, and that was the whole idea behind it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it works and there's a lot of tax incentives that go along right. with it. Uh, but as you were saying, Keegan, you know, uh, when I have my brewery, same thing, you know, we just the amount of other things that you cannot get here in New York, uh, you know, those sexy hops, even a lot of the different grains, uh, you know, that like Wireman grains, uh, you know, pills the mold stuff like that you you have uh, one a little better better product a little cheaper and you could always get what you need we yeah, actually have that, that, a couple sessions on this and um, also as each you know it's you know don't quote me but it you know every year two years that yeah that percentage goes up creeps up so it's yep. something where it was very appealing to us and it was like we can make this work at this level but looking ahead when now it's 80 percent it was really it was just really around the hops yep. that you know did it for us mm. you know we try to use as much new grain um you know as as we can you know you have 1886 you know empire you have some spots down the hudson valley doing you know growing malting all of that 
Um, and I personally also just really like using things like, you know, spell, emmer, um, you know, bringing in some of these more, um, you know, ancient grains that are also really good for farmers that mm. it's not particularly taxing on the land and are durable where there's even less risk of, you know, losing a crop due to inclement weather or some sort of infestation yeah that'd be tough i mean i i have two questions to follow up first uh ryan what were you gonna say you said you had some interviews with people that were talking about this yeah we actually have uh three sessions that are kind of dedicated almost to this topic so one uh howard did with the the or i guess four sessions to a degree uh one howard did with the malters so hudson valley malt uh epiphany malt and riverbend i believe was the third yep um talking about the malt side of things we're talking about the hop side of things we have uh uh ian from north fork and uh i'm blanking on who's at north carolina it's the uh, university doc- yeah dr Janine davis from the the horticultural sciences department at nc state holy shit a- we might as well call ian a <laughs> doctor too that's yeah, he's no, a pretty <laughs> mad scientist so i said right off the bat i'm like i am walking into this knowing that i'm the dumbest person on this call <laughs> it's um, but that's Sorry, really he might have cool. been. He might have yeah, been. Ian's <laughs> a flood of information, and then you had yeah. a real doctor. So yeah. And then uh, so we had uh, the both brewer guilds. So uh, the North uh, New York Brewers Guild and North Carolina Brewers Guild to talk about the sessions uh, in the respective states. Hmm. And this is actually one of the topics <laughs> in the uh, the New York Brewers Guild of you know on the malt side things are coming along pretty well. It's the hop side that they're yep. trying to catch them up and. Like Pete, uh, like Steve said, they're actively going in and trying to catch the the hop side up. But uh, they've been doing a ton of work with Cornell, and Ooh. as much as they're trying, there's just a certain process because you need to kind of get it up to speed and up and running. And you know, it's going to take a while to get the hop side up. Yeah. I guess my question is, Keegan, when you guys got in on it was the percentage already higher than when it was first introduced? Did you get in on, on the ground level? And then as you progress throughout the years, your percentage goes up. I'm not sure how exactly it works. Our understanding, um, you know, based on, you know, talking and everything was that it doesn't really matter when you get in is like each year, if you have, if you have that license, you have to meet that requirement. So, it so if it's 70% this year, that's 70%, it didn't, doesn't reset for you at 40 percent when it started and then you can catch up in four or five years yeah no it's it was by you know 2022 uh, again don't quote me on the numbers like 60 percent by 24 25 it's 80 and it's not something like well if you've gotten early on it you're locked in at that you know that 20 40 percent it's everyone kind of goes together yeah, yeah. So when they kicked it off in 2012, it was at 20, which was yeah. super acceptable. Right. And yeah. the, the two things kind of go hand in hand as they've been trying to grow up the, the malt and the hop side. Um, and that's why they kind of based the, the numbers as they did, because giving time for things to kind of get up and running. Um, so now I believe it's at 60%. Uh, I think that kicked in in like 2019. And I want to say 2024, I think it's going to 90 percent yeah and that's 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 not long enough i think you should have had at least maybe like four years in between each increment just to allow the the farms to catch up and then allow the distribution to catch up and then allow the breweries to catch up and then i think a progression would 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 work better well it's always easy are doing dual dual licenses yeah getting a bomb and getting to micro right 
because then you can brew certain brews under the the farm and then the ones that you yeah the advantage and you can open up an additional location you can serve the spirits and the wine yeah is is that keegan something you would you consider just to kind of secondary your licensing just so you can do that expansion once i guess covid's over obviously and after you've got a few years under your belt um yeah no we i mean we we would love to you know it's it's really again to kind of circle back to the hops and that it's not an indictment on growers or like the legislation um it's you're looking at really three to five years before a farmer is going to have a commercially viable crop right big investment for them in in time and and space yeah I, I also don't envy them because on top of all that work, they then have to do the tough job of guessing what hops are going to be in demand. <laughs> those are gonna What's going to be cool in. five years from now. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you like, make that, it cool. We, we <laughs> so, and that's, and that's not even factoring in like, Oh, well, what are other people growing? Because much like you know, any kind of agricultural, you know, supply, if it's overproduced, their price drops, it's, I don't envy them at all. They have a tough job and I love and respect that they're doing. Um, and it's not even, that's not even just for new variety. That's just, if they want to add additional acreage as you know, they're saying, Oh, this farm license is catching on. Um, or people are really just liking, um, you know, our hops, they still have to go through all of that. Um, and on top of and- it, let's say the, the, the license does catch on, but then it hits a wall and now you've overextended yourself by buying more acreage by planting more hops, by guessing what the new hop is, and that ends up flopping. I mean, what what do you do well, from there? Look, look at Ryan at twenty seven hops. Uh, he was, you know, planting all different types of hops. Some of them. Oh, the sold, hop yard at twenty hidden. route twenty seven. Yeah. And and now he's doing CBD. He yep. majority of his fields are all you know hemp, hemp. plants. Yeah. Well, that's and not. He's just waiting for that other hemp. legislation to pass. Yeah. Yes, where it's yes. not just hemp. <laughs> Well, if you are going to do that, the hemp, the hemp plants are actually really, really good for prepping soil for hops. Ah, so, smart. So, so a little you, rotation. Yeah. So that's something, yeah, you can kind of do, rotate the fields uh, mm. a, a, a bit there. Or you can ride the hemp. I mean, if that's, if that's, <laughs> yeah. wait on the legislation, Both. I'll get ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know if you guys have the same problem in New York. I mean, the, the thing that is actually a problem down here and it, it'll get talked about a little bit, I think, by uh, Dr. Davis from NC State, like there are hop growers down here, but the yield like per acre of land, the yield that you can get on the hop strains growing in North Carolina is just nothing comparable to what they're getting in the Pacific Northwest and a lot of these other regions. And so and it's a, all weather. Right. Yeah. And, and, weather and so soil. it ends up being it's a cost issue because they have they have to charge more to just make you know make it buy and then you know it becomes that brewery's a, a not going to buy your hops if they can, if they can just ship something in from oregon right and then it's, you also have to make the investment as a as an agriculturist or a farmer to then possibly to weather that storm especially up here in the northeast and do greenhouses to so build a greenhouse the temperature control utilities involved the watering everything one of the key things too is any of the real like united states yeah you know, i'll go with with north america hops that are sexy they're all trademarked, right? Mosaic, yep. Mosaic, Citrus, Simcoe, uh, you know, Cashmere—they're all. And so, farmers here in New York and North Carolina can't grow them. Yep. I so, mean, they could probably steal a rhizome, grow them, it, but they have to call it something else, you yeah. know. And then, who yeah. gives a shit if it's not called Galaxy? Yeah, because if you don't call it Galaxy, it's not Galaxy. <laughs> right. 
the closest I've seen was actually off a um, uh, Rakao, though, like they were they were calling it something different. Um, a lot of the growers I've spoken to say it actually takes to the soil really well. The issue is it is just not disease resistant. So mm-hmm. it, yep. you know, it, it dies really quick. Um, unfortunately, with, you know, just, you know, hops as a plant, um, you can, you know, it's kind of like that saying where you don't have enough blood in your, you know, body to be hungry, think, and, you know, have other parts all work together. You can pick two of the three. Um, it's kind of the same with hops where you can kind of pick high, high alpha acid, high oil, or something that's going to be able to kind of fight off, you know, disease and pests. Mm. And especially with New England IPAs, you know, you look at like, take a galaxy, you know, that oil content, which is why, you know, all these kind of super sought after hops are sought after is how much flavor they get, which is right from the oil. Coincidentally, they're all also very high alpha and Mm. New Zealand, Australia don't have any natural, you know, diseases or pests. So they have no actually have no dewy mold, which was yeah. When I heard that, and that's a big killer of hops in in especially on the East Coast, is mold. Uh, the soil they're in, they don't even plant them in a mound like we do in the states. They plant them flat, and just the climate and the soil, they don't have to worry ever worry about dewy mold or mites. Yeah, hmm. you do have to worry about kangaroo attacks. Yeah. That you do have to worry about. <laughs> Well, and, a, a, a koala. and apparently hail attacks in New Zealand this year because no, oh, yeah, yeah, they're COVID free, but yet they have that. Yeah, it's well, fine. Too, going forward, like kind of tying it back into that farm license, and I think it'll be, or I at least hope it'll be true for New York and other and other states. Um, is again the idea of you know the like state or regional or localized flavor. Um, yes, you know, obviously smaller producers are going to have to charge more for those hops. Um, they do not, you know, they might have the same name, but a lot of times they don't have the same taste. And for me as a brewer, I, I love that. You know, it's the same thing as, you know, when they hype, you know, wines with, you know, the terroir that comes through in the hops, um, you know, to be able to do that and, you know, what you're getting off local grain, you can really kind of create that, you know, that New York, that North Carolina, you know, kind of flavor. I mean, you really want to go, you know, all the way with it. Um, throw a cool ship in there, you know, have it, you know, uh-huh. inoculate it. Go, you know, go out, swab with a little, you know, air plating, you know, go go culture some stuff up. You swabbed off a tree or this or that. Um, go, go full circle with it. Sure. Um, the uh, so, the couple of people checking in on Instagram, they've come and gone. But uh, Butch C seventy three says, "What's up, Farmingdale Brewing Company?" Which I don't think is a brewing company; I think it's just a bar. Uh, Bubbly beer drinker, uh, he's a constant one I see online a lot. Jeff Sadden from Ocean. Uh, oh wait, I got it here. Ocean it Hill Apple Brandy. Ocean Hill Apple Brandy. Jeff was checking in saying, "What's up?" There's my brandy. There what it is. What number bottle is that, Mike? I have bottle number one hundred four. Hand numbered by Jeff himself. It is true. Uh, West Babylon Superstar 948. That's our buddy that does some really great live reviews over at the West Babylon Superstar. Cilantro Denver. I don't know who that is. Jordan R. We know uh, Sheila from uh, over at Long Island. Same. What's up? She Sheila. loves beer on Instagram. So check her out. Uh, so, yeah, just a bunch of people saying hi. 
right, I want to get into. Uh, tell me a little bit about this wonderful Belgian ale I've been drinking. Go oh, are you enjoying it? I'm gonna go open mine. Okay, there you go. Open it now. Get it mm. done. Get it now. So that's our. Um, but before you say that, Keegan, I want to say, I was 100 percent uh, amazed that it made <laughs> to my house without breaking. For some reason, uh, and, and thank God you, you sent some some beer to us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh but pleasure. when it was on my doorstep, I picked it up and I heard a rattle. And I went, oh, oh, no, oh, no. I brought it in. I'm like, okay, it's not wet. All right, good. So I put it on my counter. I opened it up. Perfectly fine. You, you did the whatever you did to magically make those things come in, in, in the right way and, and fully intact was awesome. And so I gave the bottles to these guys because they're the real Belgian drinkers. I love the IPAs, though they both got IPAs as well. Um, let's start with the Belgian. Go ahead. Sorry. Shoot it no, off. I just want to um, say thank you for shipping. Yeah, no, of course. It's a long-winded response to thank you. <laughs> no, it's my, it's my, it's my pleasure. I mean, kind of, kind of hard to do this without trying the beer and. Yeah, that's a, and it, it was a tough ride to get up there for the weekend uh, with everything that's going right, on. Yeah, just you, you wait for race season, and you know when it's nice out. How? Let me ask you a question. How far are, are you away from Hunter? Hunter Mountain. Mountain. Um. About an hour. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's. It's one of those, it could be closer, but there's no kind of that direct road. So you kind of got to right. get them off and, you know, kind of make, make your way through the forest. So I might do, be doing a loop back from Hunter in a few weeks and uh, I might stop by say, hey, what's up? Every time I hear Hunter, I think of Entourage. Like if you can ski Hunter, you can ski anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> if you, bro, if you can see Hunter. Yeah, yeah so, it was also the site of the, uh, like the New York uh, Guild uh, fe Festival, which is. Yeah. Always, always a great time, you know. That's one of the ones on our radar to broadcast from. That's one of the ones we, we want to head up to. We've uh, had talks to people, I'd say, three years ago when we first started. I'm looking at all these festivals around New York State going, we got to get up there, we got to get up there. Setting D shooting out DMs, just saying this, and they're like, yeah, yeah, just let us know when it gets closer and blah, blah, blah. So uh, late, that's one late, of the ones we would love to go to. Late night, it gets interesting. That might be one you uh, have to do the most amount of editing of any of your episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, Keegan, no, it isn't. We've had some really rough ones, and we don't edit. We don't edit curses. We don't edit content. Fuck, 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 fuck. Exactly. See, he knows. <laughs> we don't do that. So, um, go ahead. Sorry, you were saying. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Classic segue. Um, <laughs> so, um, whatever it takes, uh, what we just kind of made is just kind of uh, throw our hands up, you know, covid um you know the the label art we use a couple different artists um so that was actually done by one of the uh, daughters uh in the in the family that owns whitman um mm. so you know she took it upon herself um you know and we wanted to really kind of showcase that um and it's just a really nice simple easy drinking um saison um so again kind of talk going back to those you know a little we've used both spelt and emmer um in that beer and it kind of gives it an, a little uh i think more kind of a light smooth mouthfeel a little nuttiest a uh, little nuttiness but really what i think shines through is the yeast um so that was one we actually got from a lab in canada um mm. one of their founders was actually one of my uh, professors when i was going to school um so that's just a little kind of side text of like hey man like what what, what do you got what do you got that's like new yeah. well they're like no, you know not quite listed yet like come on hook me up perfect uh, boom yeah. go so, bro hook yeah. me up 
<laughs> um, and I honestly, I, I love that strain now. Um, I get a lot of kind of like ripe pear and these just kind of like fruity, like almost like orchard-esque kind of driven notes to mm. it. Um, you know, and a nice dry, crisp, you know, mouthfeel to it. Yeah, it's not something that's going to really kind of like coat your mouth or, or really linger on the tongue. And, you know, I think it's trying to walk that line of really kind of packing in the flavor, but still making it, you know, very, you know, light and sessionable. Oh, uh, definitely. So I'm, uh, you know, that's, that's one of my, uh, you know, favorite beers that we have uh, out right now. And thank you for, again, shipping that out to us. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was my, my pleasure. It smells amazing. It's, it's, I've, this is all I have left of it. And, uh, you, you're annoyed you, that you only have that much left of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like I said, more, more reason to swing through on the, uh, there you go. Yeah. on the Hunter trail. You want to come up to Hunter? We go tubing. Hunter. Hunter? You want to go tubing? <laughs> Get Don, Johnny drama. Go ahead and tubing with us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pete, you're a Bill Be big Belgian fan. Uh, what's first Indeed. impressions right off the bat? Love it. Uh, super effervescent. Mm. Uh, smells amazing. Mm. Tastes like a saison. It's good. I fucking love it. <laughs> it, tastes, it tastes like, that's right up your alley. You and uh, Steven love. I like Belgians too, but yeah. not as not as much as you two do. I'll, I'll IPA it all day. In fact, I might actually end up IPAing it all day. And uh, give us a little breakdown about this. So this is Flow State. Uh, it poured out almost like a wheat. I know it's going to be hard to translate on that because it looks very orange juicy because of the color temperature in my basement. Um, but it actually poured out a lot lighter than I thought it would for a, um, I guess an IPA or it's, is it a new England style? Yeah. New England style. Yeah, IPA. So style, um, that doesn't really speak to it being not juicy. So tell us a little bit about how you broke this down. Um, so it was the, um, so it's an all uh, Nelson Sauvin hop um, and Nelson Sauvin as you know, us here know, and you know, possibly the listeners or if they don't you know it is you know tends to be kind of in that kind of more floral uh you know that white wine gooseberry are always kind of those you know keynotes that kind of get get like really thrown around um and as such where we just didn't want it to kind of get lost in the standard kind of big citrus bold esters we wanted to kind of keep it light let the hops just kind of shine through uh, you know, do their own thing. Um, we went, and as such, we went a little higher than our traditional bill on it with wheat malt. Mm. Uh, That's where the lightness comes from. Yeah. Yep. Um, just to kind of, kind of punch it up a bit um, and, you know, let it get out of the way. You know, sometimes with that kind of that two row pale malt, you can kind of get some grainy characteristics, which obviously, you know, we, we don't want in this and, you know, we just, you know, like I said, we wanted, we wanted the hops to do the work. This isn't something where we're trying to have, you know, the, like the IPA strain, get it propped up with esters. This is just a, Hey, we like this hop for what it is. Here it is. And, and you primarily use Nelson for this one. Was there uh, anything else in the build? Yeah. Uh, entirely Nelson. Oh, so it's oh, like uh, a single hop New England. So mm. did you have to sell your firstborn for that, for that hop or? <laughs> No, I just had to be on my best behavior and, um, you know, just make sure our uh, owners were in a good mood and uh, tried to bury <laughs> a little bit on the, uh, the order list. Um, <laughs> but, on, uh, but it's the kind of the nice thing is like going into it, like we 
kind of have our set budgets where it's something where when I order for that or like a hop like, a hop like that, you know, that'll be something where, you know, we'll throw a logger in, logger in the tank that week. So the cost kind of offset being, you know, just grain, water, yeast, let it sit, bar you know, barely any hops um, versus now we're throwing a lot of expensive hops in one. So kind of yeah. try to ba balance it out that way. Or, you're or you're getting such a great deal on vanilla pods. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can all the there. Right. <laughs> there may be a reason you don't see a whole lot of single hop Nelson Sauvin uh, IPAs yeah. out there. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we thought, you know, we had it where it was like, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's do it. So that's I don't, when you, I don't you, know how often we'll be able to get to make this one, but <laughs> I'm always going to be excited and stockpile when we do. I have I have one left in the fridge. I'm going to save it then because if I'm not going to see that for a while, I'm going to hold on to it till the day I need it. What's the uh, ABV on this? Because I don't I didn't see it on the can art, um, which by the way is pretty cool. I, I like uh, what looks like the front of my notebook back in eighth grade. It's fantastic. Yeah. So um, so that one clocks in at I want to say around six and a half. Okay. Question mark. Question. Um, it's it's honestly it's one of those. Um, I don't legally have to put it on. Right. Well, I won't. Um, you know, it'll <laughs> Why be. Why is that? It's in the social media post. Because it's in there somewhere. Part part of it is just, and especially with COVID, the label approval times have been very hit or miss. Hmm. Um, and when you're kind of looking at the shelf life and the stability issues that kind of come with, you know, the style, we didn't want like, okay, it's made. Well, we can't package it yet because we got this thing um and then with abv you really have about a 0.2 percent uh leeway yeah. um, 5.8 on the uh on the uh untapped ah yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's that's user base that's not yeah. uh he didn't make that so they're just guessing yeah I'm on that. whatever you say Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, now so for us, it was also with also with that too, um, to really kind of wait until we hit terminal gravity to then fire off a label, mm. uh, you know, because again, for us where it is, Jesus especially Christ. in that first year, that it is a lot of one-offs. We don't really have the data points of being like, well, we made this before. It was this percentage, put this percentage on. Right. You don't want to have to stick to that if you get something else out of the next one. Got to double check social media. It is 5.8% on social media. There you so. go. Yeah. There you go. Well, so that stay with that. <laughs> what, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I said. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but Man, you that's missed the record show. Yeah. But that's five, what Pete eight, made up. Pete just created it out of his yeah. nowhere. So. That's fine. Why not? Yeah. How many um, no, but I mean, did you dry hop? Yep. Yep. Dry, dry hop, Nelson. Um, How many pounds, though? Because, uh, because the aroma I'm getting from this and obviously the that beautiful haze mm. man you put a lot of hops in there brother <laughs> believe it or not only 22 huh for 22, 10 barrels 22 pounds in a 10 barrel get the f come on man <laughs> don't be lying to me now that's, on, oh, that's that, you know that's not that's not really something you know we you know we advertise it's it's not even really like a point of pride but um you know we're really happy and that's kind of again why we're able to do something like an all nelson um you know beer like this is you know we're 
20 to 25 percent of the total hop usage of you know a mm -hmm. lot of these bigger ipa factories um you know it's something that i've just honestly been playing around with you know with most of my career in brewing and it, it we think it it's it works um part of even going back to the uh, abv on the label I am a notorious kind of tinker with recipes. No, no matter yeah, what, it could be the no. best you're ever made. I'm going to taste it and be like, but I, if I just do this little bit, I could do this <laughs> and that. Which, uh, to be fair, tinkering does not always mean make better. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I had a, um, I actually had a, uh, a cellarman of mine once, uh, not at Whitman. Um, dragged me around to a, a, a can release because I was like, yeah, it's good. And like, I'm glad people are enjoying it, but I just want to, and literally like pulled me to the back of the brewery. And he's like, we're, we're not open yet, but you see where the, the line for people to like, get cans ends. And he's like, I'm like, no. And he's like, exactly. Is it Treehouse? Did you go to uh, Treehouse? Recipe. Uh, so this was, uh, it was Ice Cream Man at uh, Back East. Ah, okay. All right. So just, and that's all, like in, in all Citra, New England. Hmm. You know, I'm I personally, I'm, I don't really, I'll do one to two hops. Um, at a certain point, I think things just kind of, you know, are able to get muddled. And I like to just be able to just pick out the distinctive flavor. And highlight that flavor and, and, and present it to everybody like a pedestal. Here you go. This is, this yeah, is the hop. 20, this is the beer that goes with it. bucks a pound for something. Like, I'm going to damn well make sure you taste it. <laughs> That's a good point. I like, I like the way you think. Yeah. Um, I, I got a couple of questions by what's on the board. I'm going to post the question and I'm going to go to the bathroom because I was trying to hold it. And I was down here early in my bunker basement with Joe Biden next to me over here. And, um, <laughs> and I, I was, I, my question is, it, it, so there's two styles that we had, the Belgian and the IPA. I want to find out what else, cause you said you have eight taps. What else can someone, uh, as they walk in or what you have canned, what else would be on the board? Cause I want to see like, I know you said loggers and things like that. I want to see the diversity, you know, throughout the board that you guys are uh, producing and have up now. Um, so right now we have a, a Danish style dark lager, um, which is oh. essentially that we took, um, you know, something like, like a Czech dark lager and made it our own. I'm just personally um, not too crazy about Czech yeast. Um, the Danish yeast I hadn't worked with, but it had a cool write-up and I was just like, yeah, this works. <laughs> Throw it in there. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and that's something we were able to lager for three months. Um, wow. happy with how it came out. Um, we have a porter, um, on board, pretty much just a classic English porter. Um, but porter was my, uh, first GABF gold. So stylistically, nice. really, really just, you know, a personal favorite, um, obviously again, we have the, um, you know, the pastry stout, that's, we're probably going to drop that this week, whatever it takes flow state, obviously, um, we have our, uh, I mean, it's not a true Berliner, but I don't think anyone who makes them anymore really true, the kind of the new aged with, uh, fruit. So we have, um, we have one out right now. That's a combination of blackberry and blueberry. Um, oh, okay. In total, we used over 420 pounds of pureed fruit uh, in the ten wow. barrel. Um, <laughs> it's a smoothie sour. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a lot of sugar. <laughs> um, and then we and then we have um, just a classic, easy drinking American light lager. Um, we're actually um, in only in uh, takeout right now. 
Mm -hmm. um, okay. So it's um, so we're slowing the in-house production a little bit, and you know it's you know we're still able to kind of kick things uh, off that draft board, which is just very reassuring and nice to see. So yes. So uh, now you guys, you guys do any deliveries, or it's all just curbside? Uh, people come and get. Uh, so it's it's as of right now, uh, curbside, we are implementing a uh, kind of weekly order form where you can either order it and, you know, we'll do something, you can come in and pick it up. Um, and we're still kind of debating amongst ourselves um, with uh, kind of how far out we're going to expand uh, right. personal delivery kind of by neighborhood and concentration of orders and things like that. By the way, I lied. I went up and got another beer. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's, it's on the way. I'm yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, by on the way, you mean in his I, bathroom. So. <laughs> so you got to keep the tub full ice. It's just the right temperature. So yeah. you'd be stupid not to. It's a tub full of ice. Good. And then in the uh, tub, I also have beer and kidneys. So that's how I roll. There you go. Very or nice. else would you keep your kidneys? I mean, oh, right? that's right. I mean, it'd be a totally uh, undermining of the kidney collection if I didn't put in the tub full ice. Well, you know, you know what time it is, right, boys? I do. It's time for Stephen's questions. I got to get a promo. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm telling you. All right. So um, we're going to I'm gonna start with Keegan, but uh, everybody else, uh, uh, it's the same questions. But Keegan, uh, so it's. Three questions. First question is, what was that first craft beer that turned you on to craft beer? What was that one that you said, what, what is this? Holy shit. Uh, second is, what's your favorite style? And then finally is, what is your go-to beer now other than the beer that you brew? Mm. Did you write those down? <laughs> I remember one in three. <laughs> yeah that's about par for the course yeah, bad. yeah. Um, so i i would so the first one that really got me and it's a bit of a toss-up um it, it it wasn't the first one the first one that really kind of made me say wow that kind of got me into at least exploring what craft beer was was I believe um, Midas Touch by Dogfish. Ah, um, Dogfish hey, lover, just like me. Hold on. Hold on, I got something for you. I was right, just waiting go. for someone for another Bro, person to say Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Um, Sixty so really minute. What am I, a Cretan? Get out of here. <laughs> I got aged one twenty for you, buddy. Oh, there we go. Boom. <laughs> I have a couple of those upstairs. I got. A, <laughs> these are twenty uh, thirteens. Wow, mm. that's uh, that's extreme. Yes, um, I've been be like a, that's a classic West Coast style, right? Uh, well, I don't even want to say it's that. I mean, it's over the top. And, and, and barley man, I could just yeah, imagine yeah, how much, much. I would destroy my palate. It's 20, 12 percent to start. And after I've aged it, I'm sure it's a little more than that right now. So it probably would rival Keegan's 13 uh, percent if I cracked it right now. But I'll save this for one of our uh, get togethers. And we'll enjoy this last one that I've been aging for so long. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll break some stuff out. All um, right. That was really the one that got me into at least exploring craft beer. It kind of became, um, instead of getting together with friends for Sunday football, it became getting together with friends for Sunday football. And then everyone had to kind of go out and get like at least a 750 or a four pack <laughs> of beer we hadn't tried. It became um, a beer share uh, yeah, with uh, football on the side. Yeah, it was a beer share before we even knew what beer sharing was. Uh, with that said, are you a Bills fan? Are you a Giants, Jets fan? What are you? 
Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah, they're it's all right. Connecticut. I'm going to guess Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah I, I have a, all my extended families from Boston. Ah. <laughs> they're wicked the second, smart. If the they follow Brady. That there's like a beer share going on at a football party, I just assume it's a Jets party because you don't <laughs> even no watch watching the game. game. Yeah. <laughs> we have to distract ourselves. There's no reason to watch the football. No. It was, hell no. Long, it was long enough ago for me that like the Patriots were actually good. So yeah. it's, kind of a four, like, it's the opposite of the Jets. It was oh, a four months ago. Conclusion. Yeah. It was exactly. like, oh, we're going to win. So, like, it's whatever it's background put it on you <laughs> what bottle's what, what that <laughs> are you still are you still following the patriots or did you follow brady down to tampa bay uh no nah, patriots can i think connecticut really kind of instilled that like okay r- ride or die there's too many of the well i like the jets but then i'm a red Sox fan and i'm such a front runner <laughs> like lebron's in cleveland so i'm gonna say i like that <laughs> um, you nailed it yeah once, <laughs> once all over the map left, once the whalers left you know everyone hartford the, the yeah. whale that only comes yeah, around once, once maybe twice <laughs> yeah once or twice a lifetime god damn it renee go bridgeport <laughs> yeah yeah no, we got the sound i mean we got the they got the uh, wolf pack that became the whalers and like back to the wolf pack for the rangers mm. um, all right there you go yeah and then heady topper was like the first one where i was like oh this is like cool but though that was actually an <laughs> we went, so we found we found a like a package store that was specializing in craft beer and it was just you know kind of google search all this stuff um so that was like we knew that was like the holy grail um and but we had also kind of read enough to know that like you only get it in vermont so mm. we go in and immediately one of my buddies um who's who's now actually a head brewer himself um, <laughs> goes up to the counter is like hey so do you have like any heady topper and i'm just like oh god damn it like I, I wanted to kind of just like browse and not just be like hi i'm new to this uh, <laughs> and the guy just kind of looks at us and goes yeah i'm like well okay shit so he, i mean the, the guy was like i had a buddy drop off one can you guys really never had it like okay let's let's crack it out now oh nice um, wow that's cool yeah um so that was that was a huge one um, for me that it was like, oh, oh, it can be this. Like, uh, all right, let's let's go down this rabbit hole, and you know, still still fall into this day. Yeah. There you go. Um, stylistically, that answer um, for me for what I like to brew will change, uh, you know, day by day. I kind of lean towards you know mixed culture um, barrel projects or just you know big heavy dark beers you know like imperial stouts and uh, you know barley wines. Really for me the more variables I have to play around and just kind of again tweak and you know modify and they, they just because of that it holds my attention longer. As a I was just gonna go there it's that old ADHD. Yeah. Though now that I'm, so I lived and went to, and went kind of went to school and all, all of this in uh, Canada, the style I miss most is the icebox. Mm. Uh, you can't find them. Oh, Steve, let's talk about icebox. That's you don't the wanna, second you... time that came up in my discussions today. Like, how is <laughs> really? that even possible? Is I don't it, think I've talked it... about it twice in like my entire life. <laughs> a, a style you basically can't buy in America. I mean, no, so to, for basically to make it in America at a brewery, you have to also have a distilling license because like, right. it's technically classified here as freeze distillation. Mm. In Canada, they're like, it's fucking cold. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, I'm brewing this outside. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, so it's like, it'll probably happen anyway. So, you know, we don't care. You know, dilute your glycol to whatever, turn it down. 
you know, just, you know, we're not dealing if, you know, the cellarman quits because he's like de-icing a, like a ferment. <laughs> like it, like the outside of a plane when you're about to take yeah, off yeah, in yeah, February. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Sprain it. <laughs> I don't um, think I can work for the airport now. I may be getting a lot more money in a union and I'm not, I don't have time for this. I mean, the Labatt Blue was is one of those ones, like all those Canadian Molson Ice and all those. Is there a, is there a brewery up in Canada that's doing an ice box that's, that stands out? Is there one up there that really kind of like is above all the rest? Um, if there is, I can't say I've tried it. I've, I've been back stateside for five, six years now. Um, when I left, um, no, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> just no. Fair enough. Um, but what was the one, what would you like to drink? If you had your choice and you can get it locally, what would it be? Very tough. Um, it was, uh, it was like hundred brew. It was like twin, twin pilots. And it was, you know, this old school, you know, Ontario, like English label. Like if you told me it was like founded in like your dad's basement, like cleaning <laughs> it out for like a move, I would a hundred percent believe you. Um, and the label looked like the constitution. It was yeah, one yeah. of those. <laughs> it was like, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure Nicholas Cage tried to steal a couple. Of <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was dangerous. I mean, just that, that freezing process. I mean, yeah, you're sacrificing yields. Um, but again, just kind of even where we see down here at regular fermentation temp, like if you ferment cold there, it's going to take you longer, but that cold is going to kind of prevent that fusel alcohol from yep. really kind of taking hold of that beer. So you can imagine what dropping it below 32 is going to do. <laughs> Um, so it, you, you get the booziness without it being really any sort of astringent, but the flavor concentrations on it are insane. And especially what I think, you know, what I really like with those is when you kind of throw in some kind of like special W, some special B, just some kind of like really dark, mm. you know, Belgian specialty stuff that concentrate that kind of like toffee, raisin, yep. you know, not, not so much the kind of like chocolate malt or like the deep roast astringency stuff, but that kind of Howard's got an ice box in his Yeti. <laughs> I wish, man. Yeah. I, I, I've honestly been like looking at the shelves and trying to find one down here. And like, you, you just can't find one on the yeah, market. No, it's impossible. Yeah. I just, I look for the hell of it just to see if one is ever going to show up. So I want to try it, but. So I, I literally said earlier today, I'm like, is that even like one of those recognized styles anymore? Or is that one of the things that people just cast off and they're like, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. It's, you know, it's like Bigfoot, you know? Like, I mean, it's yeah. in the, it's in the beer Bible. It exists. It's a, it's yeah. a real thing, but <laughs> it's in the, uh, the shipwreck with captain America under the ice. That's pretty much where you're going to find those. Yeah. German has a hydro label on it. I, I just, I just got to make friends with uh, some with a place that has a uh, distilling uh, like added on in their licensing and like that. There you go. Innerboro. Yeah, Innerboro. Yeah. I sense a collab in the world. I, I'm just saying. Mm. I, can't do it. I can't do it here. We're doing it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll br I'll, you bring the yeast, and they'll br provide all the uh, the cold temps, and you're good yeah, to go. Exactly. Mm, let's get um, that on the books, boys. Let's get that done. Um, And then beer that I'm drinking a lot of now. Um. Uh, not your own yeah oh i'm actually really weird and i get a lot of flack from the uh the, the brew team at work uh oh it's a it's a mainstream I, beer 
it's no, it's not that I actually don't drink a lot of our oh. stuff. I get weirdly self conscious where I'm like, oh, it's like, it's like, it feels egotistical that I'm enjoying this. Like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just go in the back and I'll drink when no one's like, no one's watching me. And now I'm yeah. drinking alone in the dark. And that's, <laughs> no one can see me. That's the Seriously. best way to drink by yourself yeah. alone in the dark. I mean, you're I'm crouching down behind a cardboard box <laughs> like you're in a Call of Duty. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say there isn't really one in particular. Um, at the moment, I've been doing a lot of uh, like the kind of split it between three breweries, um, hmm. all New York State. So, okay. Uh, Over Creek. Um, I've had some really, really cool stuff off their, uh, you know, their barrel program. And they're just, you know, really awesome guys. I, you know, they're, they're going to start scaling soon and, I couldn't be happier for them and they're going to just have some. And where are they, where are they out of? Uh, the specific, it's, it's one town over from Beacon. So, okay. So, so you know, like the Kipsy area me, or um, it's, it, what's, uh, what's the other one across the bridge? It's literally like, it's, it's like a 10, 15 minute drive from, you know, Hudson Valley. Yeah. Hudson Valley. Okay. Area. All right. Yeah. Um, two way. Is it two way? Well, it was one of them. Yeah, two ways right there. And mm. so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm blanking, but you know, um, I was you know able to kind of go down that way somewhat recently. So I always try to, you know, check in, you know, restock, and they've just really, honestly, never disappointed me. Oh, um, Keegan, did you place an order online for Hudson Valley beers, and then find out by the time you checked out that there are none left? Oh, that <laughs> happened to me now twice, by the way, twice. Oh, I wanted to get better. it. Why don't so we get him on the show, Mike? Oh, yeah, I'm going to, if we ever get him on the show, I'm going to lose my shit. The old sellerman who, um, you know, kind of had pulled me aside um, is actually, he worked, he works there now. So it's son kind of, of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it, that's more uh, like, Oh, like it popped up. You're doing something cool. I want like, you know, dude, like set some aside, like, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll link up uh, next time. One of us are in a, uh, town and it's we're also from the same hometown so i'm like it's easy enough well i'll get it oh yeah is um, it easy enough is it god damn it <laughs> they're, they're I, I so i'm on the beach i'm at i'm at uh tobey or gilgo or something right here on the south shore it was over the summer the first time and they released this awesome ip uh sour ipa series and i like a good sour ipa bread ipa stuff like that so i put like just two bottles just two of the bottles in my cart by the time I went to check out, sold out. Are you fucking kidding me? Don't let me put it in my cart. Doesn't it mean that when you put it in the cart, it's yours? They allocate it to you. <laughs> I mean, that's normally what I, what I would think. Like, it, like it's you usually get that, and then it's like you have like like you have however many minutes, seconds to complete checkout. Or like you- Ticketmaster, right? You have it's seven minutes. It's yeah, not how it works. God damn way, it. I- I probably wouldn't advertise that you're on Gilgo because you know you probably just came up in like a serial killer you know, search <laughs> yeah. right now. So <laughs> yeah, they have my voice print now. I wasn't old enough for those killings, so I'm good. Yeah. I was seven, so if I could pull it off, you know what? All the more power to me if I could pull it off at seven <laughs> to take a hooker to Gilgo and kill him, kill her. Uh, but um, I, and the other time was like a, a month ago. I I did it again. So they came out with again a huge release. And and then, you know what? To be honest with you, in in true fashion, if I went up there. I get whatever I want. So when you walk into the brewery uh, over the summer, last summer when I went up there, and anytime you go there, you can get pretty much anything that they have on sale. They they set aside enough for in-house people. But it's the online orders that were pissing me off because I wanted shipped to my door. And I'm like, I don't want to travel, you know, an hour and a half up to the to the brewery. I want it. Wee, 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 wee. 
Oh, <laughs> come on. I want my sour. Now I'm being a sour puss instead of a sour, sour IPA puss. fan. But that was it. I was I was upset. I'm like, God. And I, I really do enjoy what they have. I mean, my first turn on to, to that style, sour IPA, was from a local brewery here on Long Island, Harborhead. And they had uh, the the basically a Brett IPA, which is in the same sense, a sour IPA. No, that and was, was... going to be, it just went bad. They fucked up. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 I know, I know. Will Will does a great job. So anyway, they they, they had a great, that was a great style. And it was the first time I had that. I went, okay, we're on to something now because I can enjoy the hoppiness and I can enjoy the sourness, the pH drop. And now that's kind of where I'm at. So when I found out Hudson Valley does almost all of that, I was right on board a couple of years ago. And I've had a few, I think at least two stops up there in the last few years. But every time I try to order online, man, it's, it's fucking impossible. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, it, it speaks to, you know, the, the, the quality of the stuff that they're, you know, they're putting out, yep. they, they have, you know, they have that following and that stuff moves for, you know, good reason. Um, you know, thankfully I don't really often deal with that. If there's, if there's a very particular release, you know, there's, there's someone in that craft beer brewers network that, you know, you can kind of shake a couple cans or bottles loose from for most of the time. There yeah. may be some benefits to working in this whole craft beer uh, industry. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's why I signed up. Uh, <laughs> um, but honestly, the kind of the good thing with us at Whitman um, and kind of how we have that set up is if there's something like I like, I'm just you know kind of jonesing for it. It's like, all right, well let's go, let's go make this. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's been times where I've had beers and I'm just like, this is awesome. And it's like, okay, so what are the flavors that are shining through kind of, what are the ratios? Like what's, what's the order? And then just, like, all right, well, this is how I think you get them. And like, all right, we'll put it on the whiteboard. Um, you know, there's, you know, days and especially with, you know, the amount of kind of tank and the space and stuff we have that, you know, it, it's, this hasn't happened, but I reserve the right. To be like, oh, it's on the board that you know today is, uh, you know, we're doing, we're you know, it's a New England IPA brew. And walk in that morning and just be like, guys, I had this dream where this falcon was flying and it had a clown head, but like it was like clutching a snake, but the snake was actually this other thing. So clearly, that means we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make like like the fruited Berliner today. So, <laughs> so you're the boss of Grandma's boys. Yeah. So, so yeah. like you know. Yeah, restack the grain, pull that other stuff, and we're doing that now. Uh, that's, I, I mean, yeah, once Don't it's on the whiteboard, it. it's getting made no matter what. Even yeah, if it takes three it, months, we're going to get to it. Eventually, that's it's why it's dry erase. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I missed a little bit about the the lineup as I was cracking my uh, third beer here. Um, what, fourth, fifth? fifth beer tonight um what were the other you said i heard a danish belgium what else was going up on the board i know but just just get a quick rundown you don't have to explain everything about uh, it he's a dark lager ah. danish dark lager porter oh. um black and blueberry uh kettle soured berliner over 420 pounds of mm. uh, fruit um light just a classic light american lager mm-hmm. um whatever it takes obviously what we have uh on tonight um and i think our other ipa actually just kicked on saturday um so I, that's that's kind of it for the for the moment uh just we're we're at a takeout uh for the next couple weeks um so we're happy to see stuff kick but we're kind of slowing the production down a little for the time being so we don't stock that time of the year man yeah yeah 
I mean, yeah. COVID, it's the slow season. It's, yeah. you know, Double but slow. The, the, the nice part is, is that it gives us a chance to get a head start for things that, you know, we're going to start a lot. We're going to start doing some of our loggers that are going to drop in June, July that yeah. we can kind of start, you know, you know, aging and conditioning things on, on, fruit, boy on wine grapes, mm. on, you know, you know, let, nice. let, let some, you know, some yeast, some bacteria do their work. Um, so this is, this is the time to do it. Like, again, we have the, we have those nine tanks. So we're in that, you know, really cool, unique position to be able to do those things and getting after it. Yeah. So with the location itself, logistically speaking over the summer, you guys had an opportunity to do outside dining. You had an opportunity to kind of expand a little bit. Give me a little sense of, uh, when someone comes up, when it gets a little warmer, are they able to sit outside? Did you have the, uh, the space out in the parking lot or on a sidewalk or something like that? And then how are you going to kind of attack this upcoming season uh, with COVID still looming? What, what's the game plan here for having the, uh, I guess, outdoor dining or, or ability to still serve somewhat out of the tap room, but at the same time have people outside? Um, so we are very, very fortunate in just, again, in doing a cafe, like killer kitchen program and like the brewery all in one, the building itself is huge. Um, and that really has kind of come in handy for us during this whole thing, because bigger, the larger building translates into larger total capacity numbers. So 50% for us is, you know, still honestly bigger than 100% for some restaurants in town. Wow. Um, everything we have set up um, downstairs in the in the tap room space, um, every table is distance six feet. So there's, you know, where we've just kind of pulled a bunch of tables. So there's no kind of worrying about that. Um, we also um, will sit and pour beer and serve in the cafe. So if we are lucky enough to run into problems where we're at capacity, which we we've, we've actually been very lucky enough that we run into that still now during COVID during some of our slow time indoor dining. Good. Yeah. Um, and then outside, we actually were able to construct a, a small fenced in patio. Um, Ooh, so, we, nice. so, we, so we have, I would say, you know, about eight, uh, you know, kind of picnic tables uh, out, outside as well. And hopefully try to sneak a few more uh, projects uh, under the bar. Haha. Do you have any uh, like events? Like you have trivia night. Do you have uh, like the the bar and a beer kind of thing? What do you got going on throughout the weeks to kind of entice people to come in outside of their comfort zone? Maybe I don't mean that you know negatively. I mean positively, giving people a space to kind of be there, relax, and feel comfortable. Um. So nothing in the way of events um, like that. We've kind of talked about uh, you know doing some trivia. I believe we've been talking with a specific company to do that um i haven't heard anything um on that movement in a few weeks but mm. again we also transitioned uh to take out um and so i assume since you're in saratoga springs you're horse friendly right at the edge no. of the lot, they got the old timey like western thing so you can tie them up and you know water trough they'll actually start right and you get the bar doors that just swing in and swing out <laughs> no dogs only horses yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you gotta differentiate do, yourself somehow right yeah. curbside pickup if you're not on a horse that's right <laughs> and don't bring any kids it's only ponies. 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 <laughs> if it's a kid on a pony, they're allowed. No in. dogs. No kids. 
Horses and ponies only, or get the fuck out. Yeah. Miniature horses sometimes not on not on Friday Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you guys are talking to Dan from Artisanal. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like... <laughs> Yet another collaboration that's going to happen within the town. Uh, a couple the people... name of the beer is going to be No Dogs, No Kids. <laughs> I have a, a couple of people checking in on Instagram. The Hopped Up Network says, "What's up, guys? Uh, we got a uh, a potential." Brand new date for the AC Beer Fest down in Atlantic City, New Jersey, uh, June 3rd and 4th. It's going to be held outside uh, in the entire airfield. So hopefully uh, by the time that rolls around, numbers are low, vaccines are high, and we can get to go enjoy beer. That's probably going to be our probably coming out party. And I don't mean that in a weird way. Uh, we got Lip Punks 127 checking in. I got Old Cla- uh, Claverack, Claverack Clav- Brewery. Old Claverack saying what's up. Uh, the Real Craft Pass checking in. Everyone's kind of saying what's up on Instagram, so it's nice. Uh, I want to uh, talk a little bit about sports because I know uh, we got the guys from 92nd. They're big sports fans here, and I know, I know I got to talk a little bit about North Carolina sports, but I want to kind of <laughs> make the connection here because I know Keegan talked a little bit about the Patriots, um, you know, big uh, Giants and Jets fans down here. And then, of course, down North Carolina. Are are you a Tennessee Titans fan? Are you no, a? So I'm I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. I was a Jet season ticket holder until I moved down here. Wow. Um, I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry. It, it, is, <laughs> it was it was it was not the best decision I've ever made. Um, nope. I a lot of wasted we, money. I you might we as well have, bought a brewery. We I would <laughs> say we though we did we did have a blast tailgating. Uh, so you know I convinced my dad. I kind of twisted his arm into doing the whole thing, um, and. You know, we got the tailgate tents, we got the grills, the cornhole sets, the whole thing. And we're it kind of, you know, yeah, and it kind of built over the course of a couple of years where we were, you know, starting to do at least a couple of games a year, like 30, 40 people coming wow. out okay. and, uh, and having a big thing. So that part of it was really cool. Um, the actual on field content, maybe not so much, but. Uh... <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you, Howard. I, the only two football games I've ever been to are Jets games. So my wife uh, works for a company that has, uh, I guess, uh, company passes to Jets games. Mm-hmm. And so we get that little special, you know, buffet. And then we get, you know, whatever we get in the front row seats. And I've enjoyed the two football games I've been to about debatable if those were real football games. Right. Might, true. Fair enough. They didn't want to use that term one. loosely when it yeah. comes to the Jets. So. <laughs> they didn't win either one of those. And one was in the pouring rain where I had to stand in a rain slicker uh, like um, uh, uh, unbreakable, like uh, uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis and unbreakable um, <laughs> in, in like the corridor. But I did get to see, you know, on field play, which was kind of cool. I've never been that close to any sport for that matter, even baseball. And I'm a huge baseball fan. I was a season ticket holder for the Mets for a long time. As you can see, the Mets stuff up here. Keegan, I got a quick let's question go for you, though. Yeah, let's go Mets. Uh, Ryan's a big Islanders fan. We were talking Mets before. Uh, hockey team. So Connecticut based uh, New York native now and well, New York living now. Where's your alliance for the hockey teams? Um, so, I mean, if, like for just picking for New York or no, if, I, just in general, if you, if you were going to go to a game Boston and across the board, I'm literally wearing a Bruin shirt under. The oh, boy. Oh. All right. I, All right. I, I like the Islanders though. Um, I, I had a buddy, um, when they were, you know, at Barclays who had, who had season tickets, mm. um, Matt Martin was a staple of like my fantasy, um, NHL and he, <laughs> so he would just hit people and we had a weirdly high value. I was like, yes, <laughs> I was going to say that's, that's all he provides. Yeah. So. <laughs> Clean house. 
Love. Uh, no, I, I would honestly say the Islanders are probably my second favorite. There you go. All right. Maybe uh, we'll see how the season goes with realignment uh, that uh, holds true. Yeah. But uh, no, um, you know, I love them. Like, um, I'm not, I'm not too big on basketball or baseball. But again, just to you know, not not be a, uh, a front runner. I would right. say Celtics, Sox, and then I'm also just a big uh, soccer guy. Um, oh, what's your you soccer know, team? MLS, but uh, Man United for the English okay. League. There you go. Fuck you. <laughs> Kelsey. Kelsey. <laughs> I it's know it's like gonna bring up internal football play. Howard, I had a question for you because this yeah. is this has been kind of brewing in my brain over the last few uh hours, I guess. Um, so you're down in North Carolina and yeah. the season is not quite as cold as it is up here. What's the state of breweries down there? Are they do, still doing outside? Like how does the scene change from being up here in New York to down there, especially in the winter months? Yeah. So, I mean, great question. I, I, and I, honestly, it's something that I learned when I moved down here is that it actually does get pretty damn cold down here. Uh, it's not quite, it's not quite to the level of New York. Uh, what I would say is that on average, it's probably about 10 degrees warmer. Mm. Um, but where we are, so I'm in the triangle area. I'm in Durham. Um, triangle is Durham, Raleigh, North and uh, Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, where we are in the center of the state, the vi- <laughs> Pete somebody's said. very sad over there. Yeah, yeah, all all his Belgian is gone. Yeah. Oh. Um, the, the interesting part for us is like the temperature variability is really high. So like it could be 45 during the day when it's 35 in New York, but it'll drop 20 degrees at night. Mm. Um, so from a brewery standpoint, I mean, it, the restrictions are a little bit lighter than New York. Uh, they can have some taproom uh, capacity. Um, a, a lot of the breweries around here uh, have been able to either already had or were able to build out uh, pretty substantial like beer gardens, patios. Um and we kind of have been going through a little bit of that dead period. Mm. Um, it's starting to, and it's, and it's very inconsistent weekend to weekend here, but it's starting to warm up to the point where people can kind of tolerate and especially during the day, get out and really enjoy uh, the tap rooms. And I, I, you know, to me, one of the most encouraging examples was um, I went over to the glass jug, which is about 10 minutes away from me um, this past weekend to pick up some of the beers for our, our VIP beer packs. Um, and also restock my beer fridge, of course. Um, but selfishly, you know, yeah, of course. And it was like five o'clock on a Friday afternoon and it was the most crowded I have seen it since before COVID. A good um, and bad, but still well, well, for but, the business. No, no, but so crowded in that, like, so they have a big beer garden in the back. They have tables out front. Most of the people were outside spaced out. Um, but just the most people I've actually seen in the facility drinking beer on tap. Mm-hmm. Um, since pre-COVID. Um, and it was a combination of, it was better weather. Um, I think people are getting a little bit more comfortable with the COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, you know, and they, like a lot of the other brews around here, are coming up with some special events, some special offers to get people in. So they're doing their uh, Girl Scout cookie and beer pairings. Ah, right now. there it is. So, they, you know, that's, there's a couple of breweries in this area. Samoa uh, Stout. Yep, Tag along Porter. <laughs> It was also BYO hazmat suit day. So yeah. everybody felt really <laughs> super good. Surprised you don't see more of those, right? Yeah. What the, the girl scout or the hazmat suits? <laughs> hazmat suits. Bring your own hazmat suits. Yeah. BYO H. It's fine. It's all good. Whitman just started a new program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the space like fishbowl, like old school, like space helmet. And then go get like one of the, uh, like the full body uh, painters things at home Depot. <laughs> there you go. I like to wear my, uh, my, thought my, it through. 
Yeah, I like to wear my snorkel, full mass snorkel thing that goes up, and I put a little uh, HEPA filter on the back end. <laughs> the kind that kind of smells like a, a dryer sheet reminds me of college when I'm spoofing in my dorm room. Wait, what? That's old school. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You'll know when we go out to the hemp yard. We'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I mean, you guys have seen uh, the the worst and the best of what's going on at the breweries uh, firsthand, Keegan, for what you guys are working with. And you guys, Ryan and Howard, from your various areas. Uh, Ryan, so you're out here on Long Island. And what's the one place that you've been visiting, frequenting uh, the most that you've seen a, a good positive turnout over the last few months? That's a tough one. So I kind of have three go to's, I would say. So. Evil Twin is maybe about, so I'm in Floral Park. So if you know, um, Belmont Racetrack is yep. my backyard pretty yep. much. Naira. So yeah, there you go. I heard the Naira reference before. I was like, okay. Yeah, it is. I sat are. one of those spires for hours on end. Sitting so my, with, a, with a camera watching the uh, planes land at JFK. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. My old neighbor was actually the announcer for, uh, for Oh Belmont yeah, Park. I know him. So I met he moved him. out like a few years back, but yeah, he yeah. was, uh, but, um, so yeah, so I would say Evil Twin is not far away from us. It's maybe 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, huge outdoor area. So me I saw what they kids. did with the place. It's ridiculous what they did with their outdoor yeah. uh, area. Um, nice heaters on the wall and everything. Yeah. So like if you go like and everything's distance, everything's good, you know, so that's one of the spots for us. Um, North Fork is another one, just mm. super family friendly. Mm. Um, you know, went in there one day. We were coming back from out east and stopped in, and they were you were just pumpkin like, picking, weren't you? Uh, am I? It might have been apple <laughs> picking. I'm not sure. You were pumpkin um, picking. Tor- right? Tori was Tori was planning the agenda. So yeah, was, no, it was that one well, Christmas I, tree shopping. Then what were we doing? I actually don't remember <laughs> what we were doing. I think we went to the aquarium that day. Ah, um, Riverhead, nice. Yeah, so we were out there and. uh Stopped in, but like, I will say hands down, most family friendly brewery that you will find. I mean, they literally have a changing table in the bathroom, like not even like, not like one of those flip down ones. I mean, like full on, like changing table, like that you would have in your house. I'm going to give that um, credit to Michelle, the uh, taproom manager who definitely puts a a beautiful women's touch on there. And I'm pretty sure Pete and Ian, uh, Pete has a, has a couple of kids. It's actually Pete's wife. So the, okay, it was when Pete, Pete had his kid. Yeah. Yeah, Pete had his kid right before they opened the brewery. Like, so like, fuck, we need a months. changing table. So he's like, if I'm going to be here all the time, <laughs> we need this, right? So, um, so yeah, just super family friendly. Uh, that's the place that we go out to. If nice. you walk in, the hospitality is, I will say, like second to none. It's probably yeah. the best brewery that I've gone to from a hospitality standpoint. And then uh, Dubco is probably my number three. Oh, there you go. Love Dubco. The guys there are great. Uh, Chris and Johnny do a great job, man. The space is really good. Um, beer is really good too. I mean, you can't knock it. So shameless me, plug because Dubco and North Fork are both part of Pints of Love. Yes, so. they are. Oh, look there. there are. <laughs> so, and uh, I'm go. actually drinking some KCBC, who is also a Pints of Love. Part what? Of the there you go. Yes. And they've done some crazy stuff. Uh, Keen, you guys uh, have a uh, Brewers Association uh, then in New York State. Do you have like a local brewers guild or something like that, or home brewers guild that uh, operates in and around the area? Um, so they would they not a local guild. Um, they have a pretty active uh, homebrew club, um, Saratoga Thoroughbrews. Oh, uh, yeah, mm, there you go. I like the name. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. 
Um, you know, obviously, um, pretty, pretty, pretty quiet as of late. Yeah. Um, I mean, Saratoga in general, just again, with the track and being so hospitality driven, um, that, you know, everyone's really ra- rallied around, um, one another and have been super supportive. Um, both people in the craft beer industry or hospitality in general, um, you know, Full admission, I was honestly a little concerned for us when it first happened. You know, we were the new kids on the block. There's all these other restaurants that, you know, just need just as much, you know, love and support. And, you know, they had, you know, they have just stronger, more established, more time in the community. Um, And there's only so much love to go around. Yeah. And especially, too, when it's so hospitality heavy, heavy, no track season last year. So you have, uh, like, the hospitality industry with between COVID and then not having, you know, like the tourist season, mm-hmm. kind of a one, one, two punch. Um, so to, you know, see everyone kind of pull together and, and unite and, you know, find ways to help each other and support each other is, has been really, really inspiring. Um, and I, I don't want to uh, shortchange it during the, the racing uh, time, you said the eight week period, it is crazy up there. It is just like a hopping place. Every place, people out in the streets, people are bar hopping. It is one of cool- every restaurant in town. <laughs> yeah, everyone's <laughs> rolling up on their stallions. No, they have, they is, have like fake horses an, around town that you go up. It's like a tie-dyed horse somewhere. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like- <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it's really a sight. Of horse lines. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing uh, like time. And like I said, I experienced it firsthand for about a week. And I was amazed. I'm like, I want to spend another you know, six weeks doing this. I had a full-time job at the time, so I couldn't devote all that much time to it. But it's it's really very cool. Uh, Saratoga Springs. Now, did you hear anything about what's going on uh, in this upcoming season? Are they planning to do uh, some sort of you know percentage allowed in the stadium? They're going to do the horse race. Did you hear anything through the grapevine? The horses are going to wear masks. So <laughs> that'll help. Yeah. Um- so they just came out with the schedule. So it's pretty much going to be a normal race season. Nice. Um, Good. From a spectator standpoint, what I'm hearing is um, just the, the kind of the lawn seat, so to speak, like they're spreading out the picnic tables and it's just going to be, you have to have one of those. You can't just throw a blanket down because of social distancing. Right. Um, and then, you know, designated spacing where it's like every third, like second, third seat kind of thing in the grandstands. And I, yeah, and that just might be enough to bring enough tourism in there to kind of help support and tread water until this all blows still, over. But yeah. That's that. I mean, that's still, you know, tens of thousands and that's tens of thousands yep. of people who weren't here, you know, last summer during COVID and, you know, everyone, I think, you know, everywhere really you're going to kind of take you know help wherever they can get it and you know that's still you know saratoga is you know it's it's a city but it's a small city and it's you know that downtown area in particular where everything's concentrated Mm -hmm. um you know that's that's still enough people that are gonna you know fill you know fill every place up um so Hopefully that's what ends up happening and you know it'll be a good boost and a good kind of sign of things are kind of getting back to normal and make your reservations now for your hotels up there. I'm sure it's going to book up people looking for something to do over this upcoming season. And uh, definitely when you get up there, you got to come 
and visit Keegan at Whitman Brewing Company. Guys, I, listen, I want to say again, thank you very much for being on the show. A uh, lot of fun, a lot of laughs. I had a good time. Uh, I want to give you guys some time to give some plugs. So I'll start with Ryan and Howard. Uh, give us the big plug for Pints of Love coming up in February uh, for 13th and 14th. Again, we'll be part of that uh, complete festival, which includes a ton of crap. I'm going to let you guys describe all that one more time before we get out of here. Give us the big plug. Oh, man. So much to, so much to hit. Uh, yeah. So maybe first thing to start off with right off the bat, use code, uh, promo code 2021WART. Mm. Uh, I say WART because I'm copying you here. W-O-R-T. Yeah, I know. It's pronounced WART, but we say WART because the average person, I mean, a lot of brewers listen to us, so they know the deal. But yeah. we always kind of followed up with uh, it's it's spelled word a uh, wart pronounced word so good exactly so twenty twenty one wart w o r t I'll put it that way <laughs> like it um and you'll get ten percent off your uh, your virtual like festival acceptance uh, mm. so fifteen bucks uh, before that promo code will give you access to all the content so we already touched on some of it right you have. Tons of panels. Uh, you have really great brewers from both New York and North Carolina. Um, from the Long Island perspective, guys that you were probably very familiar with. I, I saw that missed uh, glass right I there. That was, that I, was well, that's fine. But <laughs> so, I, I didn't know if there's. I felt it. I'm like, there's nothing in it. So I just <laughs> went all in and all in put it right here on the table. So it's fine. But um, from like the Long Island perspective, you got North Fork, you have Dubco, you have Garvey's Point. Um, kind of moving into the the Brooklyn, uh, Queens realm, Interboro, KCBC, other half, um, Torch and Crown, Torch and Crown, TNT, Alewife. There's there's so many. Mm. Uh, moving up, you have Equilibrium, you have Artisanal. You know, we're we're tr- really trying to get the the best of the best in there. And uh, in North Carolina is very much the same deal. We have the Burials, we have the New Anthems, uh, Casita. You know, you name it. Like we have the, we're, the best we're pretty much there. scanning from the the coast all the way to the mountains, and hitting <laughs> and hitting twelve different breweries, which is which is a lot of fun. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a little bit of everything for everybody, and that's really the intent of it. We want it to be something that, no matter who you are, no matter what you were interested, you could get a little bit. Uh, you know, we mentioned actually before we got on, my wife is was a professional ballerina. Um, you know, this is something that we have beer and bar classes. We have beer and yoga classes. We have, uh, music. We have a little bit of something for everybody. We obviously have the best podcast in the world, the, the work. So, uh, you know, get a little bit of everybody with, with a special Valentine's game. Oh, I'm, I know, right? I'm very excited about this. I'm uh, going to let you know shit went down. We'll just throw it down. <laughs> All right. Uh, my favorite part was when we got message going, is it okay to curse? And I'm like, <laughs> We're like well, 20 minutes in. We're like, oh, shit. We forgot <laughs> to ask. Yeah. We totally so, didn't like, ask what how rating much, How much more do. editing did we want to give Mike was really the <laughs> and, like, sons of bitches. We're sitting there talking to each other. We're like, we're cool with cursing. And what words are they using? I don't want to give it. I don't want to give it away. And I had to go sort through like erotic conversation hearts. We're like, can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll play. We can say it here. Say so one of them was uh, come on my tits. I think so. Oh, God. Yeah, it was, it was it, one of them was that. Um, so we we kind of edited that. Cock, uh, I was about to say, we're going to have to start one, putting like NC-17. That's right. Yeah, it was on like one of them was suck my cock, eat my pussy. Yeah, there was those. Um, those are yeah, conversation were, hearts I, that I we... The one that said finger blast. So there was, you go. Uh, <laughs> well, that was good, dude. Uh, yeah. Steve, rather. You, 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 you got it right. I tried yeah. to do what I had to do. 
Yeah, to do what you do. <laughs> Well, but uh, it ends up on a, a pretty good note. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It's basically a drinking game for all participants that are watching. They grab a beer, they watch us for an hour, and they can participate in a little bit of a, the drinking game, whether we can uh, do something or not. We'll put it that way. I love it. And, and, and all of us participate. Oh, all right. You see uh, all I, of your hosts and your guests participate in this one. It's a very interesting turn in that, which I, mm. I feel like may not be safe for video. Mm. <laughs> so. Perhaps. And you see that my interesting turn on my camera went out. I don't know why. <laughs> Look at that. There you go. Uh -oh. I'm, I'm back in. Don't worry about it. I'll be there. Uh, uh, so the one other thing I would say is, uh, you know, it is North, New York and North Carolina focused in terms of the breweries. But if you are not in New York and North Carolina or if you don't have an opportunity to pick up a VIP pack, get your ticket to the festival. Go buy some beers from your local craft breweries. The, the biggest thing for us out of this is we really want to support the local craft breweries that that we all love that all need some support after what was a really rough 2020 uh we've got a long ways to go and so you know no matter where you are you know get your 15 dollar ticket to to pints of love come hang out for the weekend and get some good entertainment and go buy a couple of packs from whatever your favorite local brewery is and uh and throw some support their way and the key Dry is january is stupid <laughs> agree and the key is we want them to be there when we are done we want to we right. want them to be there when COVID is over we don't want them to suffer and then go oh i really wish that brewery stayed yeah. we want everyone to go out and support those local breweries because in the end when things get better we're going to want to go back there and if they're not there to be going back to we're going to be upset so support so, them now yeah. i think the thing that people forget because no one wants to drink anheuser-busch products i think the thing that people forget is that you know there's a lot of time and money that goes into brewing right and a lot of people are like, why Whitman's probably a perfect example. Like, Oh, why would you open a brewery like right before COVID or during COVID? And it's, you probably started working on that two years before yeah. and the timing just works out that way. Right. And no matter what it is, you go out and you're saving up to upgrade your brewery or you're starting a new brewery or something. Um, Evil Twins may be a great example. They just built a whole new tap room. Yep. Not the long greenhouse. before everything started. The greenhouse is awesome, mm -hmm. but you got to sit there and go, wow, that is a lot of money that was put into that. So those are the things that people don't really think about. They're like, why would you build during COVID? But you started that two, three years in advance. It takes a long time to get a lot of those things ironed out. I mean, water licenses specifically in New York. Think about, are, oh, yeah. permits. Think, think about how long Torch and Crown was building that production brewery in Manhattan. I mean, that was... That was in the works long before COVID was uh, was in a glimmer in anybody's eye. But I, oh I yeah, I would I would also say like if you want to find out more about the festival, if you go to at ninety second beer review nine zero second beer review on Instagram, uh, we've been posting announcements about sessions that are going to be occurring at the festival uh, for the last couple of weeks now. Um, so you can go there, you can look through our past posts, you can see all different interviews, panels, music performances. Uh, we still have a bunch left to announce. Uh, we've got just over thirty. Uh, different sessions going on so we still have uh, some more to go um so you can go to 90 second review in our bio in the link tree uh you can get to uh buying tickets you can also go to 90secondbeerview.com there's a pints of love section of the website uh that has an overview of the event and of the breweries themselves and then a link to go buy your tickets and your vip packs and then you can also go to lemonade social and just search for pints of love and the event will come up on lemonade social Howard, you're a promo machine. Let me tell you, without, <laughs> we, 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 without a only, stop or a stutter. We we're going to rent him out a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> preparing yeah. it all. Yeah. Keegan, uh, tell us uh, uh, where everyone can find Whitman Brewing Company uh, on the social media. And obviously your hours operational, all that other good stuff. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, everyone, please, you know, check us out. It's, uh, you know, Whit Whit Whitman Brewing Company, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, we update both, you know, daily for, you know, special events for uh, new menu items, weekly deals, um, and new, new beers, you know, that we turn around and kind of come out with almost on a weekly basis. Um, we brew pretty much, you know, everything and everything. Um, we got to go back to something like alluded to in the beginning. You know, we were very fortunate enough that, um, you know, we were voted top 10, uh, you know, new breweries in the country for 2020. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even even though oh, it, was in, it was in the country, I, I was pegging it as New York State. Oh, oh no. Country. I apologize. In I the country. So short. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I should have done that a lot more justice at the beginning of the in, show. In I fairness apologize. to you, though, I will say one thing. There were like three or four breweries were... in New York alone. Yeah. yeah, New York Torching so, Crown was on there. Drown, Wild East. Drownland, yeah, Wild East was on there. Drownland, mm -hmm. Travis, War, uh, Warwick, yeah, Warwick. Yeah. Um, so you know, New, New York, obviously, when you think about you know, um, you know, Equilibrium, District ninety six, you know, all that. Mm. New York's been killing it in the craft beer game for a while. So having that list, you know, we're obviously honored to be on it. But to see, you know, so many other New York you know, breweries on it, I think is a testament to the quality that you can find throughout the state and that continues to evolve and grow. I think um, uh, Cuomo's very proud of you. Yeah, we'll see. He is. <laughs> is that, that going to get a tax break now? I hope so, yes. <laughs> can, I, can I phone in my excise tax? I will, I will send a handwritten letter. No. Um, but anyway, back to shameless plugging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, social media for, all, uh, you know, those updates. Um, as it stands right now, we are um, Thursday through Sunday, and you know, come get your coffee, get an awesome breakfast sandwich, some of our you know pop tarts that I can't call pop tarts. You know, everything we do from the alcohol to the coffee to the food is all from scratch, all in house. You drink some beer up there, tap room opens, you come down, you drink more and different beer downstairs. You get some awesome pizza, you know, some other awesome menu items. Um, and as I said, you know, we, you know, we've been, you know, fortunate enough to be, you know, kind of killing it on the classic New England hazy front, the pastry stouts, the crispy boys, mm. um, you know, the fruited kettle sours, um, but also some experimental stuff and, you know, come in and, you know, try some flavors or some styles or some hybrid stuff that, you know, you may not have tried before or may not even be able to get anywhere else. Um, you know, keep an eye out, follow us and come when you can when people can travel again fucking a keegan i really appreciate you uh again sending us the beer and uh helping us enjoy the moments with you throughout tonight this has been awesome and it's definitely uh a fucking a it's been a, a hell of a, a time with you and again 90 second beer review pints of love go over to their instagram and go to Linktree to buy tickets for Pints of Love, where a special episode of The Work with Mike, Pete, and Steve will be airing uh, February 13th or 14th. Uh, we're not sure of our time slot, but when we find out, we will but let you, you can know. watch it anytime, too, right? Because it's Fair on, enough, demand. on demand. Three months. Three months afterwards, and you can check it out. Uh, Keegan, uh, thanks a lot, man. This has been a great time. Really appreciate thanks. it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Beer, man. Do it again soon. Get some more beers. Fuck yeah. We. I mean, I'll be drinking. If you make Flow State again or anything close <laughs> to this, it's going to be a hell of a time. Five point eight, my asshole. Just so you know, uh, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen, last words before we get out of here. Um, touch yourself because nobody else will. Fair enough. 
That's a, it's a tried and true. I love that one. Pete, what do you got? Don't forget to have your pet, especially a horse spayed or neutered. (laughs) No, you're going to want the horses to procreate. That's how you create good racing horses. Serious, serious money in that. Jesus Christ. That shitty racehorse. (laughs) This is the word with Mike, Pete, and Steve. We don't own a racehorses. (laughs) Govsradio.com. And uh, thanks a lot for everyone for joining us. We'll be in podcast form in the upcoming days. And uh, we'll see you again in two weeks from Myers Brewing Company. We out. Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Please hang up and try again. This has been the Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.